happy Memorial Day. It is May 27th, 2019. Well, at least at the time of this release. I don't know when you're listening to this episode. Um, either way, welcome to Paradox of Civility. I am Roy Koshi. So, uh, this podcast basically is about me, Roy, revisiting an online radio show I hosted back in 2012 and 2013 called The Hate Project. Um... And this is a show where I allowed people to anonymously call in and uh, express views of hatred. I basically was trying to allow actual racists, actual bigots, actual members of hate groups to call in so that I could actually start to understand why why they feel the way they feel and how they uh, came to their path in life. If you've been listening to this po- program, you know that I got some actual hate group members, some actual hate mongers, and... Um, Obviously, like the results have been mixed, um, and it's been kind of hard uh, trying to get at the sources and reasons for why people hate. Um, it's been kind of an up and down experience. This podcast has been uh, because the hate project was an up and down experience. And so uh, I'm just revisiting these episodes, and today we are revisiting the hate project episode 30. So, um, Previous episodes, I was letting the episode play, and then I would interject from my commentary from 2019. Not going to do that today. Um, I'm just going to let the episode play, um, and I'm going to say what I need to say from today, uh, right now. So, um, basically, um, part of me revisiting the Hate Project is just to explore how some of the conversations that I had, how some of the ideology, how... Some of these uh, fringe ideas, or we consider them fringe ideas, have made their way into mainstream culture, especially in these last few years, um, and how they're mirrored even in policy, uh, mirrored uh, in the dialogue, I should say, or it's not really dialogue, mirrored in the speech uh, directed at us uh, from the highest offices in the land. Um, And I want to talk about abortion really quickly because this comes up in this episode of The Hate Project. Um, So Alabama, these last couple weeks has been in the news. Alabama passed a super restrictive abortion ban uh, that does not allow abortion uh, at any at any stage of pregnancy, does not allow abortion, even in cases of rape and incest. Um, So, you know, when I'm talking about like like hate and hate crimes and hate speech, um, We've also, we've often looked at that as like from just fringe groups of people committing hate crimes because they're thugs. Well, the abortion debate has been in the mainstream for a long time. Um, primarily white males trying to tell women what they can and cannot do with their bodies has been uh, just sort of a mainstream staple for a very long time. And with this Alabama ban, let's just call it what it is. It is a hate crime against women. It's just a hate crime that was done through the proper channels, uh, through the proper legal channels. But it's going to terrorize. I mean, if you look at what a hate crime is, a hate crime is meant to terrorize a group of people. It's meant to keep them in their place. And so to basically say to women that they cannot have an abortion, um, even in cases of rape and incest, and that doctors performing these abortions would face up to life in prison, basically 99 years or something like that. Um, This is meant to terrorize women and basically to let them know that they are not in control control of their bodies. And that's really how we should be talking about abortion bans of any sort. Um, They're designed to uh, terrorize. That's it. So um, in this episode of The Hate Project, I talk about this uh, Texas... uh, 
Texas representative named Jody Laubenberg. Uh, back in 2013, basically, um, there was some legislation in the Texas House about, uh, you know, about, again, abortion and restricting abortion. And I'll post an article about it. And Jody Laubenberg makes an argument that um, rape kits uh, clean out the unwanted pregnancy in the hospital, even though that's not what rape kits do. They are there to collect evidence. Um, but anyways, I talk about this uh, in the episode and um, I just bring this up that like, you know, this should be a fringe idea, you know, people trying to ban abortion, but it's so mainstream and it's so second nature now that even though most Americans support uh, are pro-choice, basically, um, these goons are still uh, passing this legislation through and it's spreading to many different states, including Louisiana, uh, where a Democratic governor from the Democrat Party um, is looking to sign anti-abortion legislation as well. Later in the episode, um, I bring up a conversation that I heard from a neo-Nazi named Edward McBride, who was called into the Hate Project several times. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you've maybe heard some of my conversations with him. Um, and he's talking about how blacks are inherently violent. And so the way to deal with black people is to jail them at birth. And I kind of like laugh at it. It's so fucking absurd. And I say, jailing babies, that's so fucking ridiculous. Or that's so hilarious. Well, okay. <laughs> what are we doing at the border? And several children have died in uh, Customs and Border Protection's custody. Um, ICE is jailing babies. Uh, there are several of these stories right now where these children are dying, where they have family in the country already, and they're just trying to get to that family. And instead of releasing this child to the family that would have kept them alive, these children are not getting adequate care and they're dying in U.S. custody. And so we're basically kidnapping children, babies, and they are dying. So, um, and again, it's the same rationale. These people are dangerous people. These are bad people. They're sending their worst. It's the Trump rhetoric right now that is allowing this because we dehumanize this group of people already. So of course that baby's going to grow up to be a brown criminal that's going to attack you, whitey. Um, that's going to take your life and take your, you know, basically like it's going to do the things that white people have been doing worldwide since forever. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's another ridiculous idea that I kind of laughed at in the past and, uh, it's become true basically. And it's our government, the people who are supposed to be the adults, uh, who are supposed to maintain civility. Um, we, our U S government has instituted this policy that is just cruel for the sake of being cruel. That's basically what's happening there. And, um, yeah, so, um, sort of my glibness in general, I'll give another example from this episode. You're going to hear, um, dragon, you know, he's a Klansman who called in and he interacts with me on the chat room this episode. Um, I, I make a point that he makes jokes all the time. And I say, man, if you made friends with the Jews, you'd have a career in comedy. You know, that kind of glibness was just made under the assumption that like, okay, we all know that like, uh, this is all silly because we're, you know, hopefully beyond hating Jews or hating anybody, really, at least in the mainstream in our culture. Only the fringies do this shit. And so, um, yeah, I uh, feel a little um, uh, bad about being glib about that stuff now. Um, so that's where we are. Um, on this episode as well, I talk about Paula Dean for a really long time. 
I talk about uh, this guy named Sebastian de la Cruz, who um, 11 years old at the time, he sang the national anthem before an NBA game in a full mariachi outfit, and he got a ton of racist shit online. Um, Twitter, you know, a lot of tweets at him uh, saying racist stuff, and um, glad that Twitter's really improved since then. Um, what? Oh, no? Oh, I, I, I haven't checked for the last uh, six years. I'm totally kidding. Uh, it's only gotten worse. Uh, it's all gotten worse. Um, the internet, uh, that hope of it bringing people together, um, just kind of brought racists together and divided everybody else. Uh, great job, everybody. Um, so and then I talk about this Cheerios ad with an interracial couple with an interracial daughter. And um, I'll post an article about all these things. There's a brief discussion about Edward Snowden and, uh, you know, the Obama administration's uh, actions against Snowden and basically the shame of that as well. Um, You know, uh, how the Obama administration in many ways just maintained the status quo and even helped things get worse with their immigration policy and their whistleblowing prosecutions. yeah, um, it's the problem with the Democratic Party in general. They just sort of, uh, well, let's just keep doing, let's just keep doing what the Republicans have been doing, but just like with a nicer, smoother face. Feels that way sometimes. Though I am going to vote for the Democrat in 2020, whoever it is. Now, um, the big topic, uh, probably the the more like highlight of this particular episode is I talked to an ex-Mormon Um, and I talk about how he, uh, left the Mormon church and how he's still, uh, his wife is still Mormon. And so the challenges of being an ex Mormon, not believing in any of that stuff, but still raising a family, uh, where the spouse, uh, is still a Mormon. Um, and, um, we talk about the documentary, the revisionaries as well. And, um, great documentary. I will post a link about that as well in the description. And, um, he tells me about a plan to attend a mass resignation event from the Mormon church where a lot of Mormons decide to exit the church. So, um, that's what's happening on this episode. Um, and, um, I will talk to you later. Enjoy or don't enjoy. Talk shoe live. Live back in business, the hate project, the hate project back in business, everybody. Well, just every one of you out there. Hello, Dragon 1488. Uh, My biggest fan, right? All right, everybody. I am now speaking to Dragon and the people in the future. Welcome to the Hate Project. We've been uh, on hiatus for a little while. Uh, it's been too long. It's been a relatively hectic time uh, here at Hate Project Radio. And, uh, yeah, what can I say, man? What can I say, man? Let me just, uh, I'm going to do some stuff here that uh, I'm going to let people know on Twitter that this shit is happening right now. And we're going to tweet. I'm just going to go with the standard uh, talk show. Listen now live thing. All right. And where else? I'm just going to try. Well, you know, I really, uh, this show really lost its fan base in the, uh, 
in the time that it was off the air. It really just was like, people are over it. Probably not. I, I guarantee you people, uh, I don't know what people were doing. I don't know what people were doing with their time off from my show. Huh? All right. Sorry, we got a lot to get to here. All right. Well, uh, hate pro. Okay, so Dragon fourteen eighty eight is writing. Hate project brought to you by Oil of Oive. Oh my God, this guy is still. Oh boy. Okay, so throughout this show, Dragon fourteen eighty eight has is a is a member of the clan in the south, and this man has been cracking wise and cracking jokes throughout the, the entire time that we've been on the air. And he's he's been like kind of like honing his comedy routine. Uh, he's got some zingers here. If he would just make friends with the Jews, he would have a career in comedy. That's all I'm saying. And uh, so that's what's happening here. So I'm glad that you're still at your dream, Dragon, of being a um, an open racist but closet comedian. Most people do it the other way around. <laughs> but, uh, hey, man, you're real trail trailblazer here. Sorry I missed you guys. Um, back when I was in diapers and listening to NSYNC, good one. I actually never uh, listened to NSYNC. I uh, listened to hip-hop back in my early days, just like you, Dragon. Just like you, Dragon, the Grand Dragon. The Imperial Wizard of the KKK. Still don't understand that Dungeon and Dr- Dungeons and Dragons shit that the KKK abides by here. But uh, this guy, uh, Dragon, just left the chat, so I am essentially talking to myself right now. And uh, very nice of him to try and go get some guests. Uh, the show's just going to go in the same cycles uh, as it went when I, before I took that long hiatus. So uh, there are a lot of things. They may be dated right now. Um, um, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about Paula Dean tonight, and uh, I also wanted to talk about some other stuff. I uh, also want to talk about this anti-abortion bill. Um, unfortunately, like, we don't have a whole lot of women calling into my show, and the ones that do are like these Nazi groupies who are really conservative. And I'm Representative Jody Laubenberg. Lau- Lau- Proposing women's health programs in the state. Oh my God, this woman's from Dallas. If you've ever been through Dallas, guys, it sucks. It's horrible. It's fucking terrible. I hate Dallas. Yeah, I really do. No, but uh, I'm sure it's a nice city. Whatever. But um. So basically, there was this anti-abortion bill that got passed through. It was kind of forced through here very, very late in the morning. Um, People were protesting it. A lot of people. There was a lot of pushback down there at the Capitol. And, uh, you know, and it's funny. I'm amazed. And this ties into a lot of different things. Should I wait for people? uh, For those of you who are listening to this podcast in the future, my one guy who was listening just dropped out, and I'm talking to myself right now, and I'm I'm like talking as if um, as if like I'm having a real engaged conversation. 
ridiculous. Oh, God. Maybe I'll just sing a song. What's a what's a good song to sing? Oh, muffins and flowers. I do not love thee. Dragons in the KKK. Look out. Dragons in the KKK. Insult the dra... That's like... I'm really disappointed in the KKK having dragons and wizards. They're advertising that they have dragons and wizards, and there ain't shit, dude. I always like wonder like if Dungeons and Dragons people who don't know better show up at one of the rallies. Um, uh, you are clearly, you are clearly a lower level wizard. <laughs> Boy, we we gonna tie you up. You, you probably a Jew. You you probably agent of the Jew run, nigger loving Zionist organ government. No. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm ten. I'm I'm 120 drachmas, and that's offensive. <laughs> I'm talking out of my ass. Uh, look, guys, I've been off for almost two months. Off for two months. Do my take time off for two months. <laughs> Come on. Oh, nobody's calling you. This is boring. Dragon left the chat. He had to leave the chat. He could have fucking got some debt. What was he like? Is he like calling people over to his house or something? Okay. Oh, you know what I should do, uh, future podcast listener? Here's here's something I should do. I'm sorry. Uh, I should explain what this fucking show is. That that would that would be awesome, wouldn't it? All right. Let's see. What we got here. Um. <laughs> oh. Guys, what is the hate project? Huh? Well, I'm glad you asked. The hate project is a show about hate. It is a show exploring the sources and reasons for why people hate each other. Asking the question why? Where did this come from? Why do people hate each other based on race? Why do people hate each other based on gender, sexual orientation? Basically, it's a show meant to have an honest dialogue, and what we've done here at the show is allow people to call in or chime in anonymously so that we can explore the actual feelings, removing the burden of identity, so that, you know, look, we can explore some ugly feelings and we can challenge each other without, uh, you know, your coworker being mad at you at your, at your job tomorrow. Although, you know, and, and that, that was the intention of the show. Like, it will be anonymous, um, all that stuff. And, um, you know what I mean? Like, it's, um, but I, I think that maybe that sometimes is a mistake. It backfires a little bit because I think it enables people to be trolls. I think it enables people, uh, hi, Apocalypse. Am I pronouncing your name right? Right. Yeah, Apocalypse. Uh, you can call into the number. You don't have to give your name or anything like that. We can. Well, I'll refer to you as Apocalypse. I'm sure that's not your real name. And, um, but I think like this show has sort of uh, Apocalypse. 
Apocalypse. So is this a is this a play on the apocalypse? Is that what you're trying to do? I don't know. I'm I'm asking. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that made you laugh. So, um, you know, we invite people who harbor feelings of bigotry to call in so that um, we can actually have an honest debate and an honest dialogue. And we also invite people of color, uh, women, LGBTQ people. We have not had enough of either of these groups to call in, or all three of these groups to call in yet. And so um, I think in the past what's happened is that we haven't always really challenged what was going on with people. It was almost sort of like enabling people to be trolls. Like on YouTube, people like post some hateful shit on YouTube. Um, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. And, um, oh, that's another story. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah, that's another story I, I forgot about that I missed. I've been off for two months, so uh, that's a whole other story. Um, so that's it, it, sometimes the show has gone that direction, and that's been a problem as well. And so, um, so but it was meant to be sort of a safe space to do unsafe things. And uh, let me just look at this other story that I completely forgot to fucking uh, forgot to fucking follow up on. Oh my god, guys! What the hell? Apocalypse. Have you ever listened to my show before? I see that you follow it. So, um, and if you have any thoughts on what I just now said, um, any sort of like thoughts, Dragon, did you get some friends? Okay, cool. All right. Um, well, you are welcome to call in, talk with me alive. I don't have to know your name or where you live. Um, I do need to know what your favorite fruit is, though. Um, I'm not going to explain why. <laughs> Security reasons. And I'm just going to go grab my cup of water here. Sorry, folks. Because I need to... <sighs> I am... Just warming up, baby. We are back in business. Okay, so I'm just going to work backwards a little bit. Okay. So, guys, Paula Dean. Paula Dean, folks. Huh? What about this bitch? <laughs> what about this motherfucking bitch, Paula Dean? Yo. Um. So as you've been maybe following the news, Paula Dean is really in a lot of hot water. She is in a lot of trouble for uh, exposing her real bigotry. She's in a lot of hot water for exposing her bigotry towards uh, healthy living. Um, wow, it is a uh, it is a uh, pretty pretty. Um, why did he leave the chat again? I bet Apocalypse, I think Dragon's a big Paula Deen fan. Oh, Dragon. I thought you left the chat because you were a huge Paula Deen fan, and you could see that I was about to start making fun of her. But, uh, you know, she really waged this war against um, normal skin as well. Jeez Louise. Does she put herself in an oven every morning? It's... <laughs> This fucking woman, man, like, she's like a fucking, like, 
Uh, this is my. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna turn myself into an Oompa Loompa from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I like that look. It makes me look good, honey. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a deep fry myself into an Oompa Loompa. Oh, she's also. Um, she's also uh, racist against black people. Oh, uh, oh, <laughs> that was. That was the other thing she's bigoted against. Um, you know, not. She's bigoted against. She's she's really racist against not having a heart attack. <laughs> and <laughs> and black people. Okay. So um here's uh, I'm just going to for those of you who don't know, uh Apocalypse you were asking here. Didn't Paul didn't Paul just describe a black attacker as a nigger? Or was there more to it? And Dragon is saying, I never cared for Paula Dean because there was enough shitty cooking shows already. Okay. Um, no, Paula Dean didn't. No, oh, let me let me catch you up on that. There was a lot more to it. So this fucking idiot. Um, she she was being sued by a former employee. Um, for sexual harassment and um, racial harassment, okay? Lisa Jackson, uh, she brought a case uh, against Paula Deen Enterprises, she, uh, including, you know, Paula Deen herself and her brother Earl Bubba Hears. Okay, the, the nickname Bubba, can we knock that off already? Who likes that? Who enjoys – no, call me Bubba. My God, what, what what image does that conjure up for you, Bubba? Hey, Dragon, do you do you let people call you Bubba? Hey, man, call me Bubba. I want I want y'all to make me feel like I'm unemployed and 400 pounds, Bubba. That's very close to ripping off Bill Hicks there. And um, so, anyways, uh, Paula Dean. Sorry, guys. I got to set up something else here now. Oh, Jesus. I hate this. I hate it. Okay, so um, let's see. Um, you know, whenever Paula Dean was asked, you know, if she said nigger, if she uses the word nigger, she said, of course. Of course I have. Yes, of course. Just in a casual conversation. And uh, let's see what we got here. Um, when asked if she wanted black men to play the role of slaves at a wedding, she explained... She explained she got the idea from a restaurant her husband and her had dined at, saying the whole entire waits, waiter staff was middle-aged black men, and they had on beautiful white jacket, jackets with a black bow tie. I mean, it was really impressive. That restaurant represented a certain era in America after the Civil War, during the Civil War, before the Civil War. It was not only black men, it was black women. women. I would say they were slaves. And uh, she was basically let me find let me find this other quote here. Oh, Dragon is saying no. I hate that man name. Makes me think of a fat kid. All right, cool man, cool bro. Oh fuck. Let me see. I'm trying to find some of these other quotes. <clears throat> and then uh. Sorry, I had I had uh, these links here that um, what in the fuck, man? 
And she said something uh, like where she was like she wanted to basically. Oh my God! Come on. All right, sorry guys. I found I had like an article with the quotes in it, and then I lost it. So I'll just read this deposition. So the lawyer says, have you ever used the N-word yourself? Paula Dean says, yes, of course. Lawyer, okay, in what context? Dean, well, it was probably when a black man burst into the bank that I was working at and put a gun to my head. So you're right, Apocalypse. You know, there you go. And uh, let's see what we got here. Okay, and what did you say? Well, I don't remember, but the gun was dancing all around my temple. I didn't, I didn't feel real favorable towards him. Lawyer. Well, okay. Well, you, did you use the N-word to him as, a, as he pointed your, the gun in your head at your face? Dean. Absolutely not. Lawyer. Well, then, when did you use it? Dean. Probably in telling my husband. That's real brave. <laughs> Look, I, kinda, I would kind of respect her if the dude pointing her, his fucking gun in her face and she was like, hey, get that gun out of my face, nigger. Uh, I'm not endorsing that viewpoint, but I would kind of respect her chutzpah. Uh, let's see what we got here. Okay, uh, let's see, sorry. But uh, basically what happened was that there was another, there was another quote, um, there was another quote basically when um, she was saying that like, you know, she wanted it to be like a Shirley Temple film, like, like niggers dancing in a Shirley Temple film, something like that. That's what she was saying. And so, um, let's see. Okay, so let me just sorry guys. I had I had like these quotes here and I'm losing them. What in the hell? And uh <sighs> All right, let me just find this again. So, Pockley's, uh, you are uh, you were saying, I wish they wouldn't apologize if they're racist. Let's at least be honest. <sighs> you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I I I tend to respect people who own what they are saying. And let me let me, but let me go into like something else. Um, um, I just want to find this last quote because I, I just feel like it's important. It, it was kind of disturbing. Hold on. Okay, so what she said was um, when Dean was planning her brother's wedding reception in 2007. Okay, so... Um, She's being sued for violent, sexist, and racist behavior. 
And uh, basically, um, Lisa Jackson, she's being sued by a white woman named Lisa Jackson. She, Lisa Jackson has biracial nieces, right? But her herself, this former employee who's suing Paula Dean, is white. And so she alleges that black workers at the restaurant were required to use separate bathrooms and entrances. And uh, blacks were held to different, more stringent standards than whites. And uh, let's see. When Dean was planning her brother's wedding reception in 2007, going back to the Civil War comments, she said, uh, well, what I would really like is a bunch of little niggers to wear long sleeve white shirts, black shorts, and black bow ties. You know, in the Shirley Temple days, they used to tap dance around. Now, that would be a true Southern wedding, wouldn't it? But we can't do that because the media would be on me about that. <laughs> oh, my God. So then she also testifies. Paula Dean has a nerve to testify. And this is where I agree with you, Apocalypse. She says, of course, she was sure that she had used the N-word in conversation, although not in a mean way. Really? You're, you're, you're trying to, like, bring back slavery. You're not trying to be mean, though? Oh, brother. And so I... And so here's... Okay, I have so much to say about this, guys. Just uh, give me a second. And uh, and this is where I um okay so um, Dragon says I watched one show where she made a turducken and I couldn't fathom who would eat that shit. I once had a turducken for uh, Thanksgiving. Did you know that? <laughs> Did you know that Dragon? I don't know why you'd know that. Um, actually, it was surprisingly not bad. It was not bad. Okay, let me just uh. Find this other thing. Okay. But Apocalypse, here's the thing. Like, I don't want people to apologize who don't mean it. And she probably doesn't mean it. She's probably apologizing because because um you know, she got caught, obviously, and it makes her look bad and it's bad for business. You know? Right? And so, uh, by the way, guys, you can call in if you want. Um the number's down here, seven two four 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 seven four four four. You can also, uh, you can also, um, yeah, you know, Apocalypse, um, she also is a spokesperson for Diabetes 2 Medicine. And so this woman is like basically trying to cause diabetes in her, in her population and also profit off the medicine that she's selling them. So, <laughs> oh God, it's like, it's like a rapist being your rape counselor. Yeah, yeah, it's a little wrong. Anyways, um, guest number four, welcome, buddy. Good to see you again. Seriously, man. You are the best guest number four on Talk Shoe, by far. I mean, I've had a lot of guest number fours on this show. You, sir, are the best guest number four. And I saw this guest number four on this uh, fucking... Uh, <laughs> Sunday sermon show on talk show. It was it was a uh, it was a getting right with God slash targeted individual slash white nationalist show on talk show. Because <laughs> those are the only shows on talk show. 
I feel like my show is sort of like the I'm none of those things, but it's where everything meets, right? So, guess number four. If you have anything to add, please please jump in. Um, <laughs> that is really, guys. Am I wrong about this? It's talk shoe is white nationalism. Um, black preachers and and targeted individuals. And that's it. And uh, I don't understand why little Wayne can go around stepping all over the American flag, but Paula Dean is losing everything for what she said how long ago? <sighs> I don't remember seeing the little Wayne uh, story. Let me uh, if you have a link to that. Let me let me just check that out. Look, man, uh, nobody's throwing this woman in jail. I mean, she is being sued for this. Here, here's what I want to say to you guys who say that she's a victim. It seems extreme to me, double standards. Um, here, here's, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of uh, give an ex- explanation for that. The American flag, while we may hold it sacred, is a flag. And Paula Dean was talking about people. And that's a little worse. So um, I don't know what you're talking about with Little Wayne. I'll have to go look into that. Um, I haven't been following that. I've been gone for a couple months. So um, I've been gone for a couple months. Guys, I am Edward Snowden. I, I revealed myself. <laughs> that's why the NSA, the NSA just doesn't like this show, guys. And I blame you, Dragon. Um <laughs> Oh, boy, at least one person enjoys this fucking show. That person is me! Um, I agree, he is a hero, Apocalypse. We'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later. I don't want to get too far off uh, topic here. And, uh, okay, so... Um, and she's not losing anything. Let me explain. Advertisers, her boss decided to drop her... Her boss decided to drop her, right? Food Network decided to drop her, which would happen like anywhere. Like if Little Wayne worked for a company and he walked around stepping on the American flag, he'd probably be fired. Let's don't act like he wouldn't be. And so, um, and also, advertisers are pulling out because of a business decision. So she's she's not going anywhere. It's it's the same thing that would happen to anybody else, man. They have a right to... Like, it's not like the feds are busting her down. Not like they're... Oh, that's another... I'm, gonna, I'm all over the place, guys. Uh, they, they're busting that kid from Anonymous who broke that Steubenville story. The FBI is going after this fucking kid. Bullshit. And so uh, you are you are advocating that there's a tolerance... You're, we're talking about Lil Wayne... And Paula Dean, the double standard dragon. So you're saying that the American flag only represents white people. Is that what you're saying? So then there's not there's not a double standard because black people are Americans here, and so are Asians and Hispanics. And um, so Little Wayne is uh, uh, you know hey, 
she's stomping all he's stomping all over everyone, not just white people. Unless you were actually impo- implying that America is only for white people, and it isn't. So I guess number four, you were writing. She apologized. I think some of these companies should back up Paula Deen for freedom of speech. Um, you know, if they choose to do that, they choose to do that. It, it is a free country. They can choose to do that. But there's, there's no oppression happening here, son. Really isn't. Hey, guest number five, welcome. And uh, guest number four, she's allowed to have, her opin- have an opinion without losing her job. Okay. But it's like it's like anything. If I was uh, if I started like if I was in the deep south, right, and I was working at a bank, and I started making fun of rednecks, where like my population was mainly like white people who could be considered rednecks, I'd be fired from that that bank, no matter what my skin color is. I see what you're saying. I mean, it's a free country, but uh, should so should the Food Network just be like forced by the government to keep funding her? Is that what you're saying? And so people keep giving this pass here, where it's like during a deposition, I'll just read one of them. During a deposition where she swore to tell the truth, Miss Dean recounted having used a racial epithet in the past. That's fine, okay? That's not a big deal speaking largely about a time in American history which was quite different than today. She was born 60 years ago when America's South had schools that were segregated, different bathrooms, different restaurants, and Americans rode in different parts of the bus. This is not today. To be clear, Ms. Dean does not find acceptable the use of this term under any circumstance by anyone, nor condone any form of racism or discrimination, but she admitted using it. Oh. And I'm with you, Apocalypse. Like, at least own it. Fucking don't. That you can't. You can't be half a gangster. <laughs> that was such an awkward fucking transition. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not sorry. Fuck you. And so um, it's all about a far left agenda, like Charlie Sheen. Dragon, uh, tell that to Charlie Sheen. It's all about them controlling us. Now she's out of the loop. We didn't have a choice in the matter. Where did she go? Did she go to prison? No, no. So you guys... It's not like she went to prison or anything. You can still buy her fucking like shitty diabetes-ridden books. You know that, right? It is about America, not about Paula Deen. It is about our freedom. Okay. So then why are you uh, getting your panties in a wad over Little Wayne then? Her products are completely gone. Are you serious? Did they recall all of her fucking products? You really, in this day and age, you can't figure out how to get a Paula Deen book. Come on, man. I see what you're saying, and I, I'm sort of, even though like I find Paula Deen repulsive, I am I am kind of tired of like this culture where like we're just policing each other now about what we say, and it's going after like stand-up comics for doing like uh, they did a rape joke or they did this joke about that and na 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 na. And I'm kind of tired of that too. All right, and then, yeah, if somebody apologizes, they apologize. And in fact, uh, guest number four. Let's see, what we got here two examples. 
of why you're wrong about it being a leftist conspiracy. So, um, Reverend Al Sharpton said uh, she he kind of somewhat defended her a little bit. Basically, what what uh, he said was that you know she should be held accountable for acts committed now and not those committed twenty years ago. Fair enough. And he even says a lot of us have in the past said things we have regretted saying years ago, he replied. I think she has a lawsuit now about activities now, whether it was discriminatory, and whether or not she's engaged in things now. It's not about her past. She deserves what's fair, but that's based on what she's engaged in now. So he is advocating – and he's a, he's uh, advocating that um, – Basically, um, you know, she should be treated fairly. And also, more people from the left are defending her, not defending her words, but uh, what, what is um, – I know, Dragon. I know you're bored. I can tell. Um, hold on. And Bill Maher, who's not a Republican – very left – he says, if you're 66 years old and you were raised in Georgia and you were a child before the civil rights movement, do you get a bit of a pass? I also think that people shouldn't have to lose their shows and go away when they do something bad. It's just a word. It's a wrong word. She's wrong to use it. But do we always have to make people go away? And uh, Gregory A. Tyson, an African-American pastor, defended her. said that uh, she's a friend and uh, to the black community. So a lot of people in general are uh, are uh, you know, and our restaurant's still there, isn't it? It didn't shut down. It's not like uh, oh she had to go away. No, she didn't. Her her chances, I mean her her little fucking like chances are going to be limited. But like how how far reaching is Little Wayne in America though? Beyond people who listen to hip hop music. I'm just curious. I would hope the networks and the sponsors, and also guess number four, you were saying that Little Wayne has some sort of political backing, which I, I don't understand. If you could explain that, I don't know who's backing him. John Boehner, maybe. So um, I have a question for you guys. So Kanye West, rapper, African American rapper Kanye West, he's kind of famous. Um, yeah, I know they took. It was a business decision too, though. Okay, so here I, I want to put this out there. Rapper Kanye West, and I'm going to find the story here. I got a lot of windows here, guys, on my computer. Um, he had a video called "New Slaves," right? It's about, you know, kind of like a, a breeding slavery in the prison population and how a lot of people in prison are predominantly African-American, uh, providing very, very cheap labor. And, um, you know, he has a video, right, for this song. And um, basically a church in Houston – let me find this shit – There was a projection of this video in Houston, just like a screening for the community, 
and it was shut down by the police. And uh, it, it was the city's Rothko Chapel. It's a, it's a landmark building. And it was shut down by the police. So do you think that's censorship? Do you think that's fair? I'm just putting that out there because I'm just curious if, if you think that he should have been shut down while you're crowing about Paula Deen. And that's, I just posted the uh, little link here. Guest number seven, hate project, why the long break? Um, oh, boy, so much going on, guest number seven. A um, lot of work. I, I, I The last two months were fucking... Um, a lot of work going on. I was very busy. Um, luckily, I'm very lucky that people reached out to me and wanted me to work with them. And, um, so, you know, hey, we're here now. I was very destitute during the recession of the last few years. So whenever kind of work opportunities come my way, I don't really turn them down. Got to take them. Got to do it. Do it right. Huh? Right. So, Dragon, you are writing. They still get paid for their work, plus free room and board. LOL, quit bitching, Kanye. Okay, do you understand that... Um, do you understand why it's stupid to, like, not care about Kanye West's freedom of speech? The, the police coming in and shutting down a projection of a fucking video. Um, and then you're complaining about Paula Deen. Yeah, there is a double standard. You're right, in favor of Paula Deen. Are, are the police coming and raiding her fucking restaurant? Are the police coming and, like, if somebody wants to have a public speak, a, a public little, like, reading of Paula Deen's cookbook, are police coming in and doing that? Those convicts have to split their wage and pay reparations for their crimes, so they still get some money. I don't know what you mean by that. So anyways, that this is a real form of, like, the state coming in and censoring something. Because the song's about institutionalized racism. This uh, country, we have a lot of privatized prison, which is not, I mean, that's not good for anybody. Because your goofball Nazi buddies go to prison too, so you should be concerned about that. <laughs> so guest number seven's writing, Paul Dean's brother used to call one of his black employees in his restaurant, My Little Monkey. And uh, he is projecting videos on major landmarks. This isn't him trying at your local theaters. My brother's an ex-con, and that's how he had to do it. What, what does that mean, pay reparation? Okay, so they have to split their wages and pay reparation, so they still get some money. So... Um, yeah, so guest number seven is bringing up this point about Paula Deen. So here's why it's different. Little Wayne wrote a song. Kanye West made a song. You can turn off your fucking radio. Turn off your fucking radio. If you don't like it, I mean, I don't like anti-American lyrics. I'm not for that. But I choose not to listen to Little Wayne. And he kind of sucks. But, you know, you understand my point. Whereas, like, if I'm working for you and I'm receiving a paycheck from you, and my livelihood kind of depends on you, 
and you're taking advantage of that power structure because you do have the power in that position. So looking at this, uh, you know, Topology's brother calling him little monkey and shit like that. Yeah, you do deserve to be sued. And like, what, like, what is Paula Dean facing? Oh, America didn't get to decide. Well, then you should have spoke up. And also, like, these two very lefty people defended her. And uh, they took our options away by taking her off the networks. Hey, you know what, dude? There's so many great shows that I used to love over the years that got taken off the networks, but you don't hear me fucking crying about it. Look, I, I was a big Arrested Development, adult, <laughs> Arrested Development fan. I was mad when it got canceled, but um, it wasn't like you took away my options. And that show came back. All hail Gordon Ramsay. There you go. So guess number seven's writing, Dragon, your brother should be ashamed. He's an ex-con. You act like he should be proud of it. Oh! Okay. Uh, guys, uh, any of you guys... Call into the show if you want. Uh, my number is 724-444-7444. You should see the call ID down there. You can call in all over your computer if you are logged in. Um, you can also just call in on a phone, and I won't see where you're calling. They'll show like where your phone was bought, basically, but nothing beyond that. And so the new guests and the people who are coming in here, uh, this show is meant to be like a, an open forum about hate and uh, sort of like racism and where it comes from. And, um, oh, hold on a second. Ah, motherfucker. Um, so it's meant to be, you know, a a bit of like an honest conversation, so I allow people to call in uh, on anonymously and explore your real feelings. And uh, we also want um, people of color women, LGBTQ people to call in and, um, you know, express yourself there. Express your own, uh, you know, experiences with prejudice or if you yourself harbor prejudiced feelings. And you people are out there. Trust me. Okay. Hold on a second, guys. I'm so sorry. Uh... June. June. I, I have to uh, sort of... Sorry, guys. I'm just doing some stuff here for the show. All right. Uh, things, are getting, things are getting crazy here. So you're white, right? So are you pro-white? Jeez, are you on meth or something? Guest number six? So you're white, right? Are you are you pro-white? I'm not pro-white. No. Guest number six. You can, uh, you can decide uh, how... Uh, you can you can connect the dots the other ways around it. But um, guess number four, Paula Dean. When when you when you put people there, there's a reason. That's fine. No. Um. There's there's a oh that guy left the chat. What a fucking coward. So you're white, right? No, you're pro white. No, what? Dragon, what are you telling people when you invite them on here? It's not a... All right, whatever. So let's say, I guess number seven is writing. Let me guess, Dragon, your brother probably beat up an innocent non-white while shouting, shouting white power 14 words. Am I right? Dragon writes, nope. 
Hey, Dragon, um, feel free to turn off the caps lock on your computer. Jeez. What is that? Dude. Uh, what, what is, what, no need for that. Hey man, you're white, right? So I'm just gonna, I'm going to, uh, just sort of read a little bit more here. Um, Dean, uh, before she lost her job, uh, regarding the N-word and all that, she was uh, talking about how her great-grandfather was driven to suicide after his 30 slaves were set free. Oh, boy, guys. Yeah, we should feel sorry for him. Between the death of his son and losing all the workers, he went out into his barn and shot himself because he couldn't deal with those kind of changes, Dean said in the New York Times event. And uh, then, you know, she talks about, like, you know, her slave-owning ancestry. And then she calls up an employee. Well, I have a black friend, Hollis Johnson. And then, you know, she makes a joke about his skin color. And I, I watched the video on this. Like, he's a really dark-skinned dude. And, I, and I'm with you, Apocalypse, in that, like, stop fucking... These people who are like, oh, well, I'm not racist. I'm not racist. After they say some racist shit. I have a black friend. Is there a service or something? Like, uh, is that... Black Friends Incorporated. In case you say something fucking stupid. Oh, man. Too many niggers moving into this neighborhood. Oh, you, we just recorded you saying that. Oh, oh my, what? Oh, my God. What? Oh, my God. Oh, I, uh, who, who, who do I know is black? Who do I know is black? You don't know anyone who's black. Uh, Black Friends Incorporated. Oh my god, guys, that is, nobody steal that. I'm going to fucking, that is my business move. Black Friends Incorporated. We're actually like people of color, Colored Friends Incorporated. How about that? Anytime somebody says something racist, um, Colored Friends Incorporated. But like, I would charge through the wazoo, right? <laughs> so I would charge people. You gotta pay me a thousand dollars an hour to be your your black friend. <laughs> oh, brother! Hey, Dragon's a friend. Of, Dragon's a fan of the Lonely Island from SNL. We can get the Lonely Island to do a video, man. God, Dragon, I I feel you bursting at the seams. You really want to jump into the comedy game? And the thing about like comedy is it's the bastion of free speech. You can say whatever you want, man, as long as it's funny. Anyways, look, guess number four, you know, you don't understand the double standard and how it's actually tipped towards uh, Paula Deen, but that's cool. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, the American flag and what makes an American, Sebastian de la Cruz, Sebastian de la Cruz, an 11-year-old Mexican-American boy who sang the National Anthem during Game 3 of the NBA Finals in San Antonio a couple weeks ago. So, basically, there was a backlash on Twitter. Racist motherfuckers 
being like, hey, he's America, baby. He's America, motherfucker. And, uh, you know, he was invited back, actually. And so, um, what's kind of funny to me is uh, these people on Twitter who had their face and their name out there, and they're saying these dumb things. I mean, am I supposed to respect that? I, I, I don't know. Uh, by the way, am I a woman, dear? By the way, I am a woman, dear. Guess number four. Uh, what, did I, what did I say to you? Oh, are you? Okay, so you're just a racist woman. Um, <laughs> guess number seven is right. Guess number four, are you Apostle Magdalene? Well, guess number four, we don't have enough women on the show, so thank you for uh, jumping in. Um, no, I am not Apostle Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, Jesus' Jesus's lady. Jesus' gal pal. So, uh, 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 okay, where was I? I'm sorry, guys. I'm off my game today. <clears throat> so, uh, keep in mind... Keep in mind that Sebastian Del Cruz is American. Sebastian De La Cruz is American. And he sang the national anthem as an American. Even though he was in a mariachi outfit, he was representing the diversity of America. But he's an American citizen. So I bet you anything that even if he wore a fucking suit and tie, they would still be saying all that shit. They'd still be like, oh, fucking go back to Mexico, you whip back. Yeah, man. And so what makes an American? If you're born here, you're, you're an American. If you're naturalized, you're an American. Because guess what? Everyone's an immigrant. Your fucking little, like, goddamn Irish ancestors are immigrants. They're no more American than this kid. Yeah, man, we're here. So what makes an American? Uh, guess number seven is writing Apostle Magdalene is a YouTube username she's the official female Nimbuster is she, is she the one female Nimbuster menu, member menu well, God, I am not speaking right today what the fuck's the matter with me today guys it's like I'm drunk or something and I haven't a fucking uh, somebody someone who doesn't step all over our flag that is what makes an American uh, Sebastian De La Cruz did not step all over our flag. He sang the national anthem and sang it well. So you didn't really answer my question, but that's cool. Uh, uh-huh. Guest number seven. Guest number seven writes, Hate Project, it's really sad that even in mid-2013, a large proportion of Americans think that only whites are true Americans. And that's, a, that's, a only, uh, that's what's so funny. No, he's, he's saying it in English, Apocalypse. You're speaking about Little Wayne. Oh, LOL. Why are you? <sighs> okay, so I'm going to point this out to you, guest number four. If you were, at, I don't know what you do for a living. Okay, Little Wayne. Here's the difference between like a song 
that exists in the culture that you can choose to engage with or not versus your job. Versus your job. As a woman, if you, were, if you had a boss that was making comments about your body parts, not even touching you, not even like sexually like grabbing you or anything like that, but they kept constantly like, you know, sort of like what guest number seven was pointing out, you know, the, her brother calling him his little monkey. And um, if you were at your job at TalkShoe and somebody kept on, your boss kept on making comments about your body parts as a woman, what would you do? Would you, uh, I like it when they say, show me your tits. You like it when somebody who has power over you says, show me your tits. That would not bother me. Okay. I would laugh. All right. If they start making comments about you being inferior as a woman, you can't do the same jobs that men can do in this company. What would you do? Because that's what was happening at this company. If they were like trying to like put you down as a woman and say that you're not capable, you're not smart. Um, what would you say? <laughs> you know, oh my God, guess number four. You are uh, these guys want. Ooh, brother. They call me their secretary. Guess number seven, I'm non-white and immigrated legally to the U.S. as a small child. I took a citizenship test, an English test, and now I am a naturalized citizen. Good for you, buddy. You're you're true blue American. True blue American. So, guess number four, were you a, were you a firewoman? Or were you just working in the department, just in the office there? I want to make more racial babies with guest number four. Hey, guest number four, Dragon, this guy who's hitting on you with his caps on. Um, he's actually married, just to let you know. Sorry, Dragon. <laughs> cock blocking. I just cock blocked the Klansman. Singing like Paul Lynn from Hollywood Squares. Or Fred, whatever his name is, from the Bay Pepe Toes. Yeah, uh, many of you can call in here, um, 724-444-7444. Call on your phone, call through your computer. It's all anonymous. I'm not going to know who the fuck you are. Um, I'm more man. Shh, Mormon. Dragon, can you turn off your caps lock, please? It's lame. Oh, my God. Look, I'm, I'm infringing on Dragon's rights by telling him to turn off his caps locks. God, no one was just given a chance. <clears throat> Guess number four, just go visit her stupid fucking restaurant and get a heart attack, all right? You you have the right to do that. All I'm saying. Would I be 5.0? LOL. Only the fundies can. I'm just singing all these uh, comments in the chat. <laughs> this should just be that. This show's just gone off the fucking rails. So, yes, uh, you know, guess number seven, you're writing about that. Like, I think people, like, don't understand. 
Because, like, in guess number seven, you know, when they talk about immigration, it is immigration based on skin color. They never, nobody's ever like, you know, God, these fucking immigrants from Canada, these Canadians like Jim Carrey taking over our acting jobs. Nobody ever says shit about that. And there's a ton of Canadians in this country. And I'm sick of it. <clears throat> Losing my voice, everyone. <clears throat> Guess number four, uh, is that Chuck, the targeted individual? Oh, my God. This is like, you know, I'm realizing something um, a little fucked up about me. You will be my Amin squeeze, guess number four. Guess number four, Dragon is... No, Dragon, don't correct yourself. You meant Idi Amin, the uh, African dictator. So guess number four, Dragon was just now calling you an African dictator. How do you feel about that? I think you're an African dictator. So guess number four, are you you, uh, a Caucasian? I'm just asking. White? Pale? Honky? (laughs) <laughs> oh god maybe I haven't been away from the show long, long enough I don't know fucking um, yeah, I would say I'm a whitey yes <clears throat> okay well it's so funny like guess number four this is like weird like I had as a man, and I'm just going to share this, I had a bizarre uh, sort of like compulsion. I was like, God, guess number four. You were talking about like like showing, you know, like when I said show us your tits. And the and that coupled with like the fire department, I have a weird fetish of like ladies in uniform, right? So I was like, God, I have an impulse to harass guess number four. As a man, this is how like we men think. But I checked myself because I respect you. <clears throat> so I'm not going to harass anybody. But I just noticed that impulse. And so like that's part of what the show's about. Like that weird sort of like emotional or sort of even, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, man. Something in your loins to sort of be like to make these moves or like this weird reaction. You know? But I would still say guess number four, if if you were being degraded at a job and you did not like it, I think you'd have every right to sue them and that place should be shut down. <sighs> That's all. Sexual harassment. I don't care, it's the allure of mystery. Mystery. Well, yeah, I guess this has turned into that kind of show, a dating show. Oh, gosh, guys, what else do I want to talk about? We've we've just missed a lot of stuff. Um, I've been gone too long, so uh, we've, we've covered Paula Dean, and I was right. Uh, Mexican-American, I was right about that. Um, oh, some good stuff coming up here, all right. Uh, I don't want to get into that today. Uh Uh, let's see what you guys are saying. Let me be truthful, guess four. I make great money. I will ignore you most of the time, bone you regularly, and expect dinner each night. 
Oh wow, way to make a way to make a case for yourself there, Dragon. I think this guy's trying to be Don Draper. Do you guys watch Mad Men? Or is it too Jewish for you guys? Even though it's not like the least Jewish show in the world. Man, that's that that John Ham's too Jewish for me. Right, Dragon? Oh, God. Did I shut... Guess number four, uh, if I, sh- I did not mean to shut you down. Because I want to I wanna hear your take on something else I'm going to talk about here. So, I know how the men are going to feel on this... Uh, uh, well, actually, I don't know that, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock that off. But I do want to... I want to... want to sort of get your opinion, guess number four, on this. Um, did Dragon scare you off? I'm sorry, guest number four, if you left or if you're avoiding chatting. I hope you know that you're welcome here. Oh, guys, you know, people don't be mean to each other on here. Just, uh, you know, be cool. And uh, if you have any uh, ideas for my show or you have any opinions, send me an email here. Uh, HateProjectRadio at gmail.com. If you have any ideas for guests I should call, both in the realm of nationalists or um, people of color who have something to say. And uh, guest number four saying, I don't marry for money. Good for you. Guest number seven is writing, Dragon, a real man doesn't try to make himself feel superior by making fun of other people because of characteristics they can't control, like their skin color. All right, Bambo. I don't marry for money or sex. She's fixing her hair and shit because she's love struck now. Call me Mac Daddy. So um, I, I'm gonna like this will be the last thing I talk about in the Paula Dean thing. So guess number four. Um, can I just ask you a question? Were you more with your comments uh, a little bit earlier? Were you more sort of mad that about? what you perceive as censorship, or do you sort of share Paula Deen's viewpoints on the world? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's, it's the last thing I'm, I'm going to ask. I'm just, I'm, hey, look, we're trying to get to know each other. Don't. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I am a loopy. Cuddle. Oh, WTF is that? Guess number four saying, no, I do not relate with Paula Deen. Okay. So, you know, do you feel like she was right as an employer to speak that way to her employees? And to have, like, sort of, like, segregated bathrooms and stuff like that in her place of business? I feel like my freedom was stepped on when they didn't allow me to decide. to watch her shows or other things. But, I mean, I don't feel like... I, I'm just learning about this little Wayne thing. I don't feel like he's being forced down my throat. <clears throat> and nobody banned her. They just they basically just dropped her. They were like, the Food Network did not... They knew that it was bad to be associated with her. So then why were you so mad about little Wayne? You're writing... Um, 
Your writing, honestly, I think people take some stuff way too seriously. People need to lighten up a bit. Why were you so mad about Little Wayne and his song then? And, like, it doesn't make you less of an American. It doesn't make you less of an American to, that, that that song exists. It doesn't really even hurt America. It brings in money. Um, I wasn't just mad. I wasn't mad just making a point. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I use that as an example. I guess, um, you know, if, if what you're saying is true that, you know, you, at your job, you didn't mind comments about your body and all that stuff, you know, well, look, that, that's good for you. Not everybody's like that, though, and they have a right to expect some respect at their job. So they do have a right. Like, another woman might not like those comments. And if she said, hey, could you not talk that way to me? And they kept going on. She has the right to, to to sue them, right? So, and if somebody's saying, "My little monkey," and you know, let's have some dancing niggers like a Shirley Temple, you know, at our, at this plantation wedding, and that's sort of harming how somebody is making their livelihood at this job. They have a right to take action. Hey, HP, don't be too hard on my future ex-wife. Hey Dragon, are you are you trying to not get laid with your comments? <clears throat> so guess number seven writes, guess number four, you can say that people take stuff too seriously because stuff like my little monkey and references to slaves doesn't affect you as a white woman. Guess number four, what if a famous black TV host said all white women are sluts? I'm sure you would take it seriously then, wouldn't you? I've had stuff about my son, so don't go there with me, guess number seven. Is your son also white? Guess number four. I understand people are ignorant and make mistakes. Look, I mean, you you are saying that there's some sort of censorship going on, and I don't think that there is. I think they made a business decision. They shouldn't be forced to support this woman. You know, and all of you, most of you, except for a couple of you, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people on here and a lot of people who listen to the show hate welfare people. Well, they should support them. Well, Paul Paul Dean's not entitled to any protection either then. That's all I'm going to leave it at. Um, I've talked about that way too much. Guess number eight, fat people suck. Fat people should be killed. It's almost like did you did you take a class in dumb? Like it's almost like that's just like you've added nothing. You've added less than nothing. The piss I took this morning was a little bit more intelligent than that. So, um I would never insult yours or anyone's family members. I'm not going anywhere, guess number four. I want to talk about this here. Um I'm just moving I'm I'm just jumping from topic to topic. Before I get to that, um, Cheerios. I'm just going to post this video because it's adorable. Cheerios, guys. You guys know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about Cheerios. Cheerios ad. The interracial couple. Pretty amazing. 
So many people got so mad that there was an interracial couple in a Cheerios commercial. It was incredible. And you made the most fucking famous commercial, too. Here, let me just... Here you go. If you haven't, take 30 seconds here. Um... Okay, hey, Project Rewriter wrote above. What would you write above? You've written a lot of stuff. Uh, guest number eight wrote, no shit, you are stupid. This is boring. This is great. This is what this show's about, guys. People talking shit. Oh, God. I know, I, I, I was addressing guest number eight, Apocalypse. I wasn't addressing what you said. I, I know you're... You seem like you're a nice guy. I don't know. Or are you? Right. I don't know. But uh, anyways, guys, uh, I think really uh, Cheerios does make you copulate with other races. You know, I had a bowl of Cheerios the other morning. Um, Totally banged an Armenian girl, man. It was hot. Totally banged an Armenian lady. Woo! Damn. That's good stuff. Um, then the other day, I was like, you know, I was kind of like at home, right? And I got home early from work, and I was just snacking on some Cheerios. And um, totally banged this girl who's like Irish and Korean. Like, her parents had lots of Cheerios, and they just fucked each other in the street. Pretty amazing. I'm going to masturbate to Asian girl porn while listening to this. Okay. All right. Hey, guess number eight. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just putting this out there. You can just do that. You don't have to let us know that. I don't need to know that. I, you know, you can masturbate to Asian girl porn. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, you can, you just do it at, at home. I don't even know it. Like, you know, if, whenever I go to the bathroom, I'm not, I just say like, Hey guys, I got to use the restroom real quick. I'll be right back. I'm never like, Hey guys, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to take a poop. I'm constipated today. You know, I, I just kind of go and do it. <laughs> oh boy. Did she have a mustache? How dare you apocalypse? How dare you disrespect the Armenians? Okay. Let's see. I'm I'm missing some stuff here. Guess number eight, trash email. Hey, guess number nine. Uh <clears throat> welcome to the show. Have you listened to the show before? Maybe you have. And um you know, you're welcome. It's a show, it's an honest show, uh dealing with hate and prejudice, and we're dealing with some topics. We were talking about Paula Dean earlier. Uh, I don't want to go retread that again. It's kind of boring me now. And we were just talking about the Cheerios ad that came out a few weeks ago. My show's been on hiatus for a little while, so uh, I'm retreating. I, I'm sort of like going over a lot of different things right now uh, that I missed over the last couple months. And um, so, if you have any, if you want to weigh in on that, uh, let me know. You can call in or chat here in the chat room. 
And might I say, uh, you are doing, as guest number nine, you're doing an okay job. You know, you're you're not the best guest number nine we've ever had, but um, you're like at 80% in your job review as guest number nine. I, I need you to be 100%, though. I hope just, you know, good work, but not good enough. Guest number eight, goddamn. Worst guest number eight ever. Holy crap. Okay, so uh, guest number four um, is saying, let's talk about sex and the workplace. Um, what turns you on, speaker? What's your name? And uh, I, I'm trying to figure out how to play audio clips. Can you, if, you, if somebody can teach me, I will, I will help you. I, I will, what the fuck's the matter with me? Why am I jumbling words? I've, I, I've tried it through like that fucking, uh, there's like this free thing. Well, let me see what the name of it is. All. Ah, I forgot the name of it, but I, it, it never works with me. And uh, is news guy at the top? Okay, so guess number four, uh, you were saying, let's talk about sex in the workplace. So let's talk about that. I've never, um, I've had many jobs in my life, right? And I've never really, um, um, you know, had sex at a workplace. I've, I've just never been involved in that. I mean, a lot of my life, I've, I've, uh, uh you know, I'm, I'm involved in a relationship now. <clears throat> so, you know, I'm, it's not an option for me now. So, um, but yeah, you were just now asking me this uh, question here. Um, I don't know if you were asking me, guess number four, about what turns me on. Um, you're turning my show into something else, but that's fine. Uh, I, I'm, I'm willing to go with it. It's a new direction, guys. Um, it, it's a woman. Uh, my regular listeners, it's a woman, a real female. So we're going to be talking about sex. So you might learn something. Um, yeah, I kind of like, I'm weird, man. Like, I uh, I dig like the lady in uniform, like a lady police officer or, or a lady firewoman. And uh, you are right in guest number four. I loved playing with the fireman's hoses. They were big and heavy. Oh my gosh, is, is there a double entendre? Or does the hoses mean something else? Ah. <laughs> uh. All right, so. Guess number four. I mean, we, we we don't know who you are. You can call in if you want to, by the way, and you'll be calling in as guest number four. Or if you call in on your phone, it will just say like calling from wherever, Montana, or wherever the fuck you you are. Um. So did you did you ever? I'm just going to ask you this. Did you ever like have sex at your workplace, at the fire department? I'm being and I'm being serious. I, I get your joke, but I'm. Uh, I'm actually asking you a real question, yo. Yo. Is News Guy married? Oh, my God. Who cares about News Guy? <laughs> news Guy was very nice to me when I called in a few weeks ago. I, you know, my show's been off the air for a little while. And I, I happened to be home on a Saturday night after I got home from work and um, called in. You guys should go listen to that show, man. It was a good show. And, you know... Um, <clears throat> News guy uh, was very nice to me, so it was a good talk. Actually, I mean, I think he and I are kind of on um, different political spectrums. He's he's 
to the right, you know. I'm not. And so, um, but it was a good talk. Like, it was kind of fun. So, and, you know, news guy, if you were listening to this show in the future or if somebody wants to tell them, you're, you are always welcome to call my show anytime you want, um, as is anybody. Um, so, guessing before is writing, never, in caps, did I have sex with the fire department or with any of the firemen. So you really were just playing with the hoses, the real hoses, because you're, what, uh, seven years old? <laughs> okay. Um, have you ever had sex in, in any work environment or workplace environment? Have you had sex with the news guy? I don't know. Really fascinating by news guy here. So you got to go on calls with the firemen. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I bet that'd be awesome. Sick. It's one of the best times of my life working there. Okay. So, again, you you brought the topic of having uh, of sex in the workplace. So I'm just curious. Have you had sex in any workplace? Not the fire department, but um, in any place. Any job. I'm just asking. All you do is read the chat. What a stupid show. I hope you die. Guest number eight is writing. All you do... This is a haiku that guest number eight just wrote for me, everybody. He, the world's biggest dickhead. Um, all you do is read the chat. What a stupid show. I hope you die. Okay, guest number eight. Go, can you get off the line and go cut yourself or something? You're, you are kind of sad. So guess number four, well, I ran my own business for 15 years, so yes, I had sex at home. Hey, that's pretty good. But that's not the same thing, man. Like, that's we're, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, I feel like sex in the workplace implies an affair of sorts. You know what I mean? Like, some sort of a fucking, like, hot, like, some something that shouldn't be happening. Like, you know what I mean? Play audio clips, use Akiga and Stereo Mix. Would I have to, do I have to go download that or can I, let me see. I'll, I'll look it up right now. Why am, I, why am I bothering? Sex belongs in the bedroom or when the kids aren't home. Okay, so you've never really like had like a sexual affair in an office or a place of business. Do you honestly think I would tell you what I did with my sex life? Okay, you said earlier up in the chat, let's talk about sex in the workplace. So that's why I was asking you. But hey, you know what? You don't have to share anything you don't want to share. I I totally respect your privacy. I will respect all that. But then you brought it up, though. So was there something about sex in the workplace that you wanted to talk about besides yourself? Because you did bring it up. I didn't just like all of a sudden like, hey, um, hey, you have sex in the workplace? Okay, so what do you, okay, so guess number four, um, what do you want to talk about, about sex in the workplace? You can, you can, I'll let you kind of riff on what you want to talk about. You said it got you hot. I don't have a story about it. Guess number four, you're writing, why don't you tell us a story about it? I really don't have a story about it. Um, 
because I've never had sex in the workplace. So, yeah. Um, and to answer your question, no, I haven't had sex in the workplace. My chat must be slow. Must be slowing down. Guest number ten and eleven. Welcome to my show. Welcome to the Hey Project. Hey, turning into the Sex in the Workplace Project. Looks like we're all a bunch of prudes. Hey, yeah, we're all phonies. All right, how's it going? Guest number 11, have you, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, congratulations on being bestowed guest number 11. Um, well, guest number, guest number four, are you married? Were you sort of implying with your, with your business at home? Were you implying that you were married and having sex at home or were just randoms coming over? That's the last thing I'll ask about your sex life because you got so mad at me about it. Um, I doubt guest number four is female. She sounds like a nimbuster troll. Yes, I was married. Okay, cool. Scratch that. I need to get some sex. All right. Well, you know, I I'm I'm not going to invade your sex life that you brought up, but um, I hope you get some sex in your life, guest number four. I, I really do. And you know what? I this is going. This, how is this for a transition? They want me to date him. Who's Lloyd David Davies? Is that like another like white nationalist who went to jail or some shit? Lloyd Davies. First, I need to get married. Have you ever had sex out of wedlock? I guess number seven. I haven't. I haven't clicked on your uh, pay, papers yet here. So I'm. I'm just sort of. On your papers. What's the matter with me? You don't need to be married to have sex. You do know that, right? He's a nimbuster. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, talking about sex, I want to I want to go transition into this uh, sort of um, this story that happened in Texas. It's regarding an anti-abortion bill giving new meaning. To the world omnibus. So basically, there was a um, there was a bill passed, an anti-abortion bill passed by state legislators and the U.S. House of Representatives um, to ban abortions after 20 weeks, and they're going to cut the number of abortion clinics in the state from 42 to five. And it's got approval in the Texas House. It got pushed through like way early this morning, like around like 3:30 or something like that. Uh, 13 hours of debate, um, and the bill's sponsor is this woman named Representative Jody Lobenberg, who is this Barbie doll, meaning she's plastic and creepy looking. What is it like? Paula, I saw a Paula Dean looking like an Oompa Loompa, and I'm looking at this picture of Jody Lobenberg right now. You're fine. Uh, you know what? Uh, what is it with like these? Racist people who want to be tan, or like these backwards people, but they really want to be tan. And um, anyways, I want to read this quote here, and and before I get into like whether you agree with this or disagree with it, some are rape kits. 
which is basically after a woman has been reported, you know, she reports she's been raped. It's it's basically to examine the damage and examine evidence of who raped her, right? So this woman, um, to to drive her point home about anti-abortion, she actually says this because there was a Democrat. Um, what was her name? Let me find her name. Her, her name is – I'll find her name in a second. But she proposed like that there be an exemption made for women who are victims of rape or incest, which most abortion bills have that exemption. Um, uh, and then uh, this, this woman, Jody Laubenberg, writes – or she said, oh, there's no need for this exception because rape kits eliminate the possibility of conception. This, this woman's dumber than Todd Aiken. In the emergency room, I'm quoting, in the emergency room, they have what's called rape kits where a woman can get cleaned out. The woman had five months to make that decision. At this point, we were looking at a baby that is very far along in its development. Okay, a rape kit is not an abortion. It's actually like the sort of, if a woman comes into the, into the hospital and she's like, I've been raped, can you help me? It's to determine, A, if, she, if she's telling the truth, if she has been raped, and then to find the evidence. It's not the actual abortion. Oh, my God. How stupid can you fucking be? Fucking morons. I'm sorry, man. That's just dumb. These are the people that are running the world and are running our culture and our fucking country. Stupid. Yeah, the other GOP idiot from Texas saying that, you know, a male fetus is seen to masturbate. So that's why abortion should be illegal. A fetus inside the womb is trying to masturbate. Oh my God, this has got to be so awkward. You know what would be funny, guys, if, if a male fetus came out and he just had a shitload of tissue paper all over him? <laughs> oh, it's a boy, and where did all these tissues come from? Where did where these gym socks come from? <laughs> Baby, look, can we, we, we'll dispose of these gym socks. And the baby's just like, uh, uh, I, I had a cold. Uh, nothing, nothing. No, get off my back. Ah, dragon left. Fucking dragon. Okay, Varg VNN. I don't know who you are. Have you listened to my show before? Huh? Have you? And so, um, guess number four, you're pro-life, evidently. I, I am assuming you're a conservative woman. Like a bulldog mom. Like Sarah Palin. Right. And uh Vanguard News Network. Welcome, dude. I, I don't know what your show I don't know what your deal is, but like you are welcome to call in. I haven't had any phone calls. So to the idiots who are yelling at me about uh being in the chat, um I'm interacting with the chat because nobody's calling in. So anyways, uh Varg V N N, if you've listened to my show, uh you know the deal. If not uh, thank you. Oh, thank you, buddy. You, you, and you're welcome to call in. You said I downloaded your show and I like, I like what you do. The Hate Project. Um, you're welcome to call in if you want. Um, you know, it's anonymous. I don't have to know your name. And um, you know, hey, 
I'm looking at your website now. Oh, uh, boy. Why do you like what I do, by the way? <laughs> I don't think I share your... Um, I don't think I share your... Uh, your politics there, buddy. I'm glad you like what I do. Thanks for tuning in. <clears throat> so, uh, guess number four, you're writing... Uh, do you mind telling me, guess number four, like what region of the country you live in? North, south, midwest... Don't give me any details. I don't want to know like your address or anything. <clears throat> Thank you, Varg at BNN. I'll I'll try and read up on your couldn't get to your website, buddy, but I'll I'll try to read read up on it. Um West Coast, okay. I spent considerable amount of time on the West Coast myself. I enjoy it out there. Um, are you like a member of any of these? You're not a member of any of these national nationalist uh, movements, are you? Uh, Barg BNN. I can respect a man I don't totally agree with. Oh, thank you. Hey, likewise, I can too. I can do the same. Um. So while you um, while you uh. No, I'm not an extremist. Okay. Okay, cool. I'm just I'm just learning about you. I'm learning about the people who tune into my show here. So, um, I just wanna I wanna point out this thing about this the GOP. These comments from Todd Aiken, Dennis Murdoch, Lobenberg, and um Jody Lobenberg. And uh the woman who tried to do some good there. It's just kind of this is kind of incredible. Senator Senfronia Thompson from Houston hung a wire coat hanger on the microphone. That's fucking amazing. I love that. God bless that woman. I want to eat her out. Um, what? Did I really just say that? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm loopy. I've been working too hard over the last few years. Um, last few months, I should say. So, uh, these guys, when when you bring up and they're not even like advocating, you know, free abortions for all. Let's go get an abortion today. Um, you know, a lot of the people who are pro-choice are not doing that, right? And um, and so, but like any time, like these guys who are so fucking extreme, so fucking extreme about their. Um, so fucking extreme about their their view on abortion and pro life. Anytime you bring up like the rape and um, incest issue, they go off the charts. They disappear from reality. And I'm not talking about even you guessing before as a pro life person. Like these guys, like will do anything to like serve this shitty fucking agenda that they're making shit up because they know they're wrong a little bit, right? So. For instance, like Todd Aiken saying, like, oh, well, the woman's body can spit out, uh, oh, it can spit out a rape semen, which this is not true. A, a lot of women have had babies when they were raped. They, you know, they had to, uh, Bertrand L. Compare, uh, welcome to the show. Um, you're welcome to call in if you want. Um, 
I, I, your name sounds familiar. I think you've called in before, and you, you're, I've seen you in the chat here. So welcome back, if if you're not new. And so, um, and so um, these guys and this woman Jody Lobenberg, they feel the need to make shit up. They don't know what. It, they say that rape kids kids abort the baby. Dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. They're just making shit up to serve an agenda that they know is wrong. And when you have to make shit up, there's something that's wrong. And also, I want to I want to point this out. I want to I want to I want to address this to everybody in the fucking room, no matter what your politics are. The GOP is about like, oh, big government off our backs. We don't want big government. We want we don't want big government. No 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 gun regulation at all. None of it. No health care for people. None of it. But when it comes to the woman's vagina, all of a sudden, oh, well, the government needs to, to get in there and, uh, and really pass some laws and get, get into that vagina. That's big government. That, that's truly fucking, like, very invasive. And, like, with, with this NSA scandal and Edward Snowden and all that... All that stuff, I'm just going to post this article for people to read, and if you have conflicting ones, please put them up. Like, uh, the Obama administration should be ashamed of themselves for this, and, and the way that he was just like, oh, well, we just said, like, said the same thing that fucking that, that asshat Bush said. But I'm amazed that these Republicans are surprisingly so silent on how invasive the pro-life movement is and how these invasive, these anti-abortion bills are. That's big government, by the way. And with this NSA scandal, how the Republicans are agreeing with the Obama administration for the first time. We're like, whoa, he reminds me of my, my, my daddy fantasy, George Bush. You know that guy that I wish was my daddy because I'm a fucking weak, weak fucking per- person in the world? They're, they're silent on that. And like a lot of those guys, like the guy who... Um, the guy who uh, who composed a Patriot Act bill was saying like he should be thrown in jail for life. He should be thrown in jail for decades. And I want to point this out about the Edward Snowden case. The NSA keeps saying that they're operating within the law, but yet they're going after this fucking guy. Holy shit! They're about to kill this motherfucker. This guy's on the run. Jeez. So uh, let's see what we got here. Bertrand is writing, true, hate project. Republicans are the pussy police, probably because they don't get any. I'm with you on that. Guess number seven is saying, okay, I have a confession to make. I am attracted to men. Is that okay? That's okay with me here, buddy. It's okay here. Varg, the VNN, Snowden is a hero to me. See, this is like what's funny. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, when I glimpsed at your website, Varg, um, I can tell you're probably very right wing. But like, this is where like people can find alliances within going beyond like these political parties. You know, I voted for Obama twice. All right. Um, guess number twelve. I'll get to your question in a second. So just hang tight. I don't know anything about that case. So if you want to post a link on here, I'll look at it. Um, and I, I, I am appalled at a lot of this stuff that's happening right now. And I was also appalled at when Bush was doing this warrantless wiretapping, and his administration was doing that. And fucking Dick Cheney's like, oh, Edward Snowden compromised the safety of people. 
Even though he fucking gave up a CIA agent's name, could have gotten her killed because her husband criticized the fucking Iraq war. His administration tried to get somebody killed, basically. And it's like, can we all agree that maybe like our freedom is more important than than whoever's in whoever's in the fucking White House? And Varg VNN, any man that would throw away his safety and comfort to do what he believes in is a hero in my book. Okay, with you on that. Guess number twelve. If you have some info, I don't I don't know about this Aaron Hernandez Hernandez thing. So if you want to explain it or post like a news link or something, please feel free to uh, please feel free to do that. All right. Guest number 13 and 14, welcome to the show. Um, hello. I hope that... Um, but he was of that... Um, he was he was of... Oh, oh fuck. Oh, sorry. Um, I guess I should have been more clear. The Bush administration and... Again, uh, yeah, Dick Cheney was not involved in that. Like... His company was profiting from that war. Sup, playa? Uh, welcome, guest number 14. Um, congratulations. You are tonight's first guest number 14. Um, what you win tonight is the chance to call into the show. You can dial that number down there and talk with us. So anytime you want, man. Or chat down here in the chat room. It's it's a prize that most coveted by everyone who calls into the show. Guest number thirteen. Thirteen, my favorite number because it's evil. And uh, let me just read this little link that Bertrand is writing here. Well, of course he does. Of course he admits this. Former Deputy Secretary of State Richard Armitage. Yeah, of course. To Robert Novak. <clears throat> oh yeah, Robert Novak. Another piece of garbage. I should be kicked in the face. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Call in, guys. Um, I don't know if you ever, uh, if either of you listened to my show before. Um, it's the Hay Project. She is. She is very attractive, Valerie Plame. You're right. Um. So you can read the description here. Uh, it's a free forum. We've been talking about all kinds of stuff, from Paula Dean to the Texas anti-abortion bill to the Sebastian de la Cruz, who sang the national anthem and was hated on for being Mexican and singing the national anthem, and uh, the Cheerios ad. Cheerios, which leads to interracial fucking. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. I, I want Cheerios to just like piss people off more. I think is Barry White still alive, guys? The Black Soul singer. Oh yeah, Cheerios. Yeah, just like the swanky porn music. Yeah, Cheerios. Get you some white pussy. Have a mixed baby from that white pussy. I think they should do that commercial. If I ran the world, that would happen. Right, guys. No. We were talking about Edward Snowden just now. Um, you know. Oh, really mad about our government in general. So I guess number 14 is writing, you white fucks are going to pay for what you've done. 
So, uh, if anyone uh, agrees or disagrees with guest number 14, feel free to do so now. Guest number four, you've been silent for a while. What's up? Are you trying to score some sex at home or get married tonight so you can get some sex? G14, you sound like a racist. Got to go. Nice. See you all later. All right. Thank you, Apocalypse. Um, have fun, whatever you're doing. Enjoy your porn. Guest number 15, welcome to the show. Guest number 15, you are, we've had a lot of guest number 15s in the past, and um, I just got to say, man, you have really proven yourself to be a hero at being guest number 15. And I'll say that about all guest number 15s, by the way. So, congratulations. We'll be sending you a um, sending you a medal soon. The Hate Project Medal <laughs> of Honor. <laughs> and what a... Okay, so I, I put out a, I, I've been I've been putting out a lot of stuff out here. So um, whatever people want to talk about, hey, hey man, whatever you want, whatever you want to talk about. This is true, man. Uh, guess number four is writing. They will hate on you shortly. So have you heard the Commander McBride audio clips? Which ones are you talking about? Are they about me? Talk about news guy two five. I talked about him earlier. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I talked. I, I called in the news guy. Are you talking about the one? I can't play it over the internet, but let me just. I'm just gonna play this real quick. I think I know what you're talking about. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Yes, he he says black crime is genetic. If you want to prevent black crime, jail them at birth. And yeah, he I I do remember this. You know what, guess number fifteen, the news guy plays that show. Um, guess number four, I talked about. What does he like to do IRL? I, I'm not even going to go into that. Anyways, um, I I was on that show that he where he played that that clip, not Commander McBride's show. Um, but I was on um, um, the news guy's show. I called in kind of nearing the end of the show. And we talked about Commander McBride a little bit. <laughs> talks about jailing people, jailing babies. It's hilarious. And I oh and I, oh, and I love like this uh, Rahoa little like slang he came up with the racial holy war. Is that what that means? Rahoa. It sounds like a fun neighborhood. Guys, you really should check out Rahoa. There's a lot of new bars. A new cafe opened. We went to brunch there recently. And uh, Bard VNN is writing, blow off, you joke. Go fuck, go fuck on your chickens. Okay, to Mickey TTT. All right. The eggs are fertilized by the roosters. The chickens don't fuck. Well, I beg to differ. Guess number four. <laughs> oh, God. 
I'm kidding. I've never fucked a chicken. Sadly. Yeah, racial, racial holy war. Rahoa. Oh my god, guys. We're gonna go we're gonna go check out this brunch place in Rahoa. Like, why don't you just? Uh, how much harder is it to just say racial holy war? Saying Rahoa does not make it sound any cooler. It sounds stupid. Yeah, well, you know, we're looking to buy a new apartment. Uh, we're looking in the Rahoa area. I just, you know, it's really coming up. It's a, it's a, you know, really gentrified. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I know what it is. Racial holy war, holy war. And I gotta look at this other thing that this dude told me about here. Yeah, hold on a second here, guys. Aaron Hernandez. Okay. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm looking something up. I'm looking something up. Rumple shit skin. Wow. What a disturbing name. Why would you want to call yourself that, man? It's like a it's like a bad like monster. I am Rumple shit skin. Was that the point you were trying to make with your name, Rumple shit skin? Someone else, or... Dragon, welcome back. I thought we offended you. Oh, guest number 16 left the chat, guys. Oh, guys, i got to wrap this show up soon, so call in. Somebody just, like, call that number. Again, you know, you can call in over the phone. You can call over your computer. You can uh, call in over the phone. Just, uh, you know, I won't know who you are. And uh, just call in. Guest number four, we've been talking. We can maybe help you uh, hook you up with somebody who's horrible in this chat room here. Guest number 14, I read, uh, I did read his, I read Christopher um, Dorner's manifesto. Guest number seven, um, I know I work for DLJ and the One People's Project. And trust me, that I know stuff all well. Yeah, oh yeah, it's not going to let you post the whole thing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I I have read that. Um, I love that he he talks about some deep shit, but then like he makes a point to mention his favorite comedians. (laughs) I love that. Oh my God, that shit makes me laugh. All right, guys, uh, I'm just going to post my uh, email here. As um, I'm like a lot of people here. I work. Someone else, sir. Uh, welcome to the show. If you want to call in, please feel call, feel free to call in here. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard my show before, but uh, feel free to jump into the. Been talking about a lot of different things. I think uh, Dragon was. I was cock blocking Dragon here. Anyways, dudes, I'm giving y'all seven minutes to call into my show. And in that meantime, if there are other topics based on hate or sort of the way people interact with each other, can be racial, gender-oriented, 
talked about a lot today. I, we've gotten a lot done today, guys. We have gotten a lot done. All right? We should all be proud of ourselves. I'm closing down my news sources here. Someone else, sir, is logged on the call. Hold on. Why is it not unplugging? Sorry, I, hang tight there, kiddo. I'm going to... Hey, someone else, sir, are you there? Hello? Uh, you are not saying anything there, buddy. All right, you got to fix your microphone there or something, bud. Oh, guess 13 left the chat. He contributed so much to the show. All right, so guess number 15. All right, someone else. You got to figure out your shit here. Yeah, you might be on mute or something. Okay, well, there you go. So, um, guess number 15. Why don't you move your show to another day? Mondays suck. I don't know. I am... I found that they worked for me. All right, someone else here. Figure out your microphone and call back in. Do it quickly. I don't have much time. And uh, DLJ. So guess number seven. Uh, I have invited DLJ on the show. You're referring to Daryl Lamont Jenkins. Um Let him know that I'm in, I'm still interested in having him on the show. All right? Did you do that for me? Guest number seven brings up a great point. Uh, I'll take your call in a second, someone else, sir. HP, why is it that when a white person does something bad, it's the individual's fault, but when a minority member does something bad, then suddenly that minority criminal represents his whole race, and that whole race is now bad? That sucks. I'm with you on that. I am with you on that, man. That is white privilege. You're absolutely fucking right. It so is. I, I've tried to bring that up with people, and they never see through. They never do. They never fucking get it. Like, you know, they'll be like, blacks are a savage race. Dragon's guilty of this. Like, blacks are a savage race. Blacks are a savage race. And then, like, oh, well, this white guy did this horrible thing. Well, you know, there's some bad people in every race. Oh, well, this black person accomplished this amazing feat. Well, there are exceptions to the rule. Like, nobody fucking... At least own your crap. All right. Someone else, sir, did you figure out your microphone? Hello? All right. Is this working or what? It is now. Hot damn. How you doing? Just dandy, thanks. And you? Great, great. Thank you for asking. So what's on your mind tonight? Uh, just trying to figure this talk shoe stuff out. Um, okay. Getting started and... You know, quite frankly, I haven't found much that looked like it was worth chatting, and this one seemed interesting. So, oh, I'm glad you're you're on board. Well, what's on your mind? I mean, what what are some things that um, have been said tonight that are sort of sticking out for you here? Well, I I just logged on, you know, five minutes ago. I just got home from work, so I was okay. looking for something, and here I am. Uh, okay. Here's here's what pissed me off today. Good. Uh, okay. Was reading a thing on Facebook, uh, ended up watching a video of a Muslim cleric talking about how 
female genital mutilation is good because it helps women control their sex drive. Holy oh. shit, did that get me fired up. Uh, yeah, as it should have. That's horrible. Yeah, it's uh, one of those, you just watch this guy and he's, you know, sitting there. Smiling. Oh, it is very good because women must be controlled. And the interviewer goes, well, what about men? Don't don't they have desires too? Oh, that's yeah. why we have marriage. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my believe gosh. Believe me. Be- believe me, dude. Uh, you, you have no idea how much that pisses me off. But, um, well, someone else or... Um, I don't know what direction you're going in with this. I don't know if you're like an anti-Muslim or something like that, but um, um, I, I, these religious fanatics piss me off too when they try to subjugate and control a group of people. That's, That's the problem. Yeah, and so, well... I, 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 yeah, we know that that's evil, right? And, like, uh, I, I don't like that. Like, I mean, you, you remember the girl in Pakistan, Malala? Oh, yes, absolutely. Name? She was shot by the Taliban for trying to read a book. and uh, going to school, exactly. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really fucking infuriating. And, and that little girl is a really brave little girl for, um, for what she's doing. And, hold on, let me, I want to get her name right. Yusuf, Yusufzai. Malala Yusufzai. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, but you know, someone else, sir. I I want to connect what your comments are to something that we were discussing earlier tonight on the show. I don't know if you're aware of what's happening in Texas right now with the anti-abortion bill that got passed through very early on by the GOP. There. I am not. Okay. I I posted a little link over here uh, from the Atlantic, and. Um, let me find it. I'll, I'll just repost it just so you can see what it's ta- what I'm talking about here. So basically, um, it's an anti-abortion bill, and I brought this question earlier, and nobody really, uh, except for Bertrand, he said something really funny. Um, nobody really addressed this, though. You know, it's an anti-abortion bill, like basically closing down basically all these abortion clinics, and, and in a lot of ways, like, you know, restricting access to women's health services, not just abortions. And so this representative, Jody Lobenberg in Texas, there was somebody, there was a Democrat who advocated that, well, we, let's make exceptions in abortions for people who've been raped or victims of incest, right? Mm-hmm. And um, this woman, Jody Lobenberg, said, oh, well, no, we can't do that because rape kits clean out the fetus. They clean out the baby. And so this is my point. Like this is along the lines. Do you remember Todd Aiken from last year? Oh yes, yes. Legitimate. Said, yeah, legitimate rape. Uh, if it's a legitimate rape, the vagina spits it out or something, or the uterus <laughs> spits it the out. The uterus exactly. has like the uterus has there, like, some sort of yeah. Like, there's uh, there's stuff in place. Guard. I I love seeing these fundamentalist men talking about women's yeah. reproductive health like they know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, exactly, and and it is like it, it's it's them 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 they themselves being religious fundamentalists or catering to this religious fundamentalist base in this country, giving them a lot of power over everyone else because a lot of people in Texas have been pissed about this abortion bill, not just like liberal like leftist feminists, a lot of people moderates are really mad about this and they push back on it, and so um, anytime like this issue is brought up about abortion. These pro-life guys, like anytime you bring up this question, not about just general abortion, when you bring up like the, the exception of rape and incest, they will just make shit up to protect this agenda of like, mm-hmm. of like you know, oh, well, in the case of rape, I, I can't take an anti-abortion stance at all, so I'm just going to make shit up like that. Uh, 
Well, you you, you got to understand the the uterus uh, has a police force inside of it that finds rapey sperm and arrests it and and electrocutes it. Like it was Todd Aiken, Dennis Murdoch. There's a border fence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a, an electrical border fence. Oh, so like it's like these guys like. We we have our version of that of, of that Muslim cleric, and they're pushing things through that are sort of uh, re- restricting people's rights. Basically, they're just doing it in a way that like are, is not so obviously evil. You know what I mean? But it's sort of done like with a smile, like this this clean cut guy. Like, hey, I'm an American. You know, I'm right. your representative. I was watching. Um, I started watching the Revisionaries about the. Uh, I've seen that the, movie. Yeah, just just started watching that today. Um, Good movie. And then, yeah, and uh, just that was the thing. I'm I'm an atheist, so we'll throw that out there. So that's kind of where this anti-religion bullshit kind of thing. So I'm watching this cleric, and that's the thing is you see, you watch this guy, and he's just talking about, oh, he was, you know, circumcised the women, ha, ha, ha. And you look at him, and he's obviously just this, you know, backwards barbaric dipshit. And you oh, can yeah. look at him and go, but, and Christians... Will watch this and go, what a backwards barbarian! Yeah, but they but they don't see this is the asshole who wrote your Bible, and shave off the weird beard and the funny hat, and this is the guy who's you know down at the local church telling everybody that abortion is bad or whatever. It's the same religious, you know. Yeah, exactly. Allah, Allah, Jesus, God. It's all this form of control, and that's what tends to get my dander up. And it's also like at the end of the day, like what what drives me up the wall in that movie you're talking about. Um, I saw it, I saw it like at a film festival last year. Um, I don't even know. I don't know if it's available. On, I don't know where you can get it now. But um, uh, I started watching it on Netflix. Actually, one of the podcasts that I listened to was going to do an episode about it. And they said, "Oh, you should watch this movie before uh, the next episode." So, yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. Um, I recommend it. But like in that movie, the gentleman I don't remember his name, but he's you know he's on. He's basically like tasked with deciding what you know the children are going to learn, and I don't know if you know that, but like this this guy was like the most scared human being in the world. Like this is like a small, not not physically small, but like just a guy who was like just scared of the fucking world, and just like that's what I got from that movie. Like he was the Dennis guy. Uh, well, I don't, I don't remember his name, but like it's. Yeah, he was yeah. a dentist, right? The, the dentist, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. and he's you know singing hymns to his patients as he's drilling them out. Yeah, yeah it's just here. I'm just gonna. I, I found a little link here. I'm just gonna post the, in case people want to follow up on it. Um, and yeah, he's he's really like this guy who's just afraid of the world, and like that in of itself is not a crime. Like that's where you are, and and I get it, but like at the end of the fucking day, man, like. You don't have a right to put that on everybody else, and that's what he's fucking doing. Like, it's like I gotta take everybody down with me. Yeah, there were a couple little... of times when when they were in session that he would. I mean, he looked like he was about to cry. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And and this is a guy who's tasked with yeah, determining what's in all the nationwide textbooks. That's scary. Exactly. Like that, and that's the thing that's fucked up is that it's not just. This guy's like the fucking like representative of his own town, and like um, it's people 
it's people um, – it, it takes place in Austin, Texas, if, and it's people deciding the nation's textbooks. Yeah, they're the, the biggest Texas market, so whatever they buy. And so, yeah, and it's like – it's what's sad is that, you know, I – I, I, I don't reveal a lot about myself on the show, but like I did grow up in Texas myself, and so mm-hmm. it, it kind of like especially upset me. Um, and um, Texas for a long time, actually, even though like it was kind of a red state and a conservative state, the schools were good schools, and now you see that changing. Like they were actually like good schools, um, um, and you know, like public schools would teach like humanities classes, like. And it wasn't about like being like a liberal, whatever, like PC thing. It was about like having a well-rounded education so that you could be a good citizen in the world. And so it's it's very sad. Like, and so that's that's sort of like you think about like how everything in this country is a little connected. Actually, it's not just this this dumb like podunk town. It's like well, that affects everybody else. Or it, that affects New York. That affects California. Uh, yeah. Eh. Anyways, folks, I, I really recommend you check out that movie. It's a good movie. And everybody who's ch- chiming in here, you're welcome to join in on the call. You can call in here at this number, 724-444-7444. Um, someone else, sir. So you said you're an atheist. Uh, yes. I, I keep the show, um, show anonymous, so I don't ask for people's names or specific details. But if you don't mind my asking, like, did you, where did you grow up? What region of the country did you grow up in? Deep in the heart of the Mormon corridor, I'm in Idaho. Oh, okay. Are you still there? Yep. Okay. And you are, have you been an atheist your entire life, or were you part of the movement? Uh, probably, but I, I officially came out about a year and a half ago. I've been, you know, basically faking my way through the Mormon church just for the sake of my marriage, so. Okay. So, Trying to hit that point. So you were a Mormon for the sake of your wife, or yeah. or, or can I say wives? Is that accurate? Just, just the one, just the one, just the one. We're 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 the we're the we're the big Mormons that don't do that anymore. Oh yes. Okay, so that is that is that kind of does that still happen though? The multiple wives? Uh, not within the the big Mitt Romney Mormon, you know, the the Brighamites, I guess you would call them. But there's. You know, there's dozens and dozens of offshoots from right. still in New York to, you know, the Warren Jeffs kind of people. And, and yeah, the right. Warren Jeffs types. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I don't even know who Warren Jeffs is, but... Uh, the, he, he's, uh, he's in jail. He ran a big... The, a few years ago, there was the big raid in Texas, and they arrested oh, all the, yeah, weird, yeah, the ladies yeah, okay. with the weird hairdos. Yeah. That's right. Oh my God, that was like a huge fucking thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like Texas, but it involved like Utah. Like it involved like a lot of states, right? Yeah. They they had a there's a big community on like the border of like the Utah. Um, I think I want to say Arizona border or whatever. And then they moved and bought this big like hunting reserve in yeah. Texas and started building their giant temple. And he's marrying twelve year old girls and. Oh God. He's yeah. He's just a he's a sick fuck. <laughs> and uh, hey guys, it was. Oh. I'll go ahead. go ahead, man. No, no, go ahead. Uh, I'd I'd read a couple of books. So what happened is is I kind of started reading atheist stuff and said, oh shit, how do I do this? 
because my wife's still a believing member of the Mormon church, and luckily that's working for me, which it doesn't very often, but um, started looking into the history of the church, and at one point started reading up on all this polygamy stuff, and and one of the books by a girl who'd escaped from that compound was one of the few books that my wife actually read and uh, got her pissed off. It was Escape by uh, Carolyn Jessup. And uh, she, uh, you know, basically tells her story. She was, you know, supposed to marry an uncle or whatever. And, uh, you know, the goal was to hope that my wife would see, well, gee, this guy's just kind of like a modern day Joseph Smith, only a little creepier. She right, right, right. didn't quite make that connection, but. And you're still married, right? Yep. Okay, and and you get along with your wife, though, other than this? Oh, yes. So your wife is still a practicing Mormon. Primary president. Oh, my gosh. So uh, <laughs> what, what does primary president mean? I'm sorry. Uh, she's The primary is the kids from nursery school up to 12 all go okay. to primary. So she's in charge of. That part, okay. And, uh, okay. and uh, so this weekend, while she's here doing, you know, preparing her primary lesson, I'll be. Uh, I'm driving down to Utah for the uh, second annual mass resignation event. Where, oh wow, we're going to do a hike, and everybody's going to turn in their resignation letters. Oh wow. Okay. So, um, and your wife knows about this, right? Oh yeah. Wow, okay. She's she she I came out to her a year ago on President's Day and in a strange way I think it revitalized our marriage because you know, we there was a lot of stuff to talk about. There's a lot of stuff that we don't talk about, but you know, yeah. She kind of, you know, her her response and I was I went through a period of about 3 months from oh, shit, we have to talk to, man, we really, really need to talk. And probably two months of that was just trying to prepare to do this in the best way because I read too many stories about people who, you know, come out to their wife as a non-believer and come home the next day and there's a moving van and their in-laws packing their shit up. And I've seen too many people get divorced. And when I told her, she basically said, yeah, but you're still a good guy and I love you, so it really doesn't matter too much. I mean, I can't pretend it's all been perfect. We've had our ups and downs, and there's, you know, disagreements, and, you know, there have been a few tears shed here and there, but overall, yeah, you know, it it really, I think it's all up to her. She's a fabulous woman, and I'm lucky to have her, I guess, but, uh, yeah, well, yeah, she, uh, I think one thing that was really beneficial is when I got involved with the ex-Mormon community on Facebook and meeting people in our local groups, um, she has gotten more support and, you know, acceptance and love from these people that I've met through that are ex-Mormons than she has through anybody in our ward or from her family. Really? So okay. she, oh, yeah. So, like, I just got my uh, my very first tattoo, which is a big atheist symbol on my calf. And, you know, the primary president was there taking pictures for me. So it's all pretty good at wow. this point. That that this is really fascinating because you don't hear this type of story very often. I mean, most of the time, people, couples, they share their beliefs. Like politically, they'll share. They'll be on the same wavelength. Religiously, right. they'll be on the same wavelength. Like, um, God, man, you know, like uh, you just made me think about something someone else or like 
you know, like Christian Mingle and J Date and stuff like that. Right. I wonder. I wonder if like there would be a dating site for people with opposite like atheists. Can you meet Mormons? That <laughs> that'd be interesting. <laughs> be some interesting profiles to see. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And um, and uh, fix me up with my opposite, please. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Oh, guest number four. Good night. Oh, sorry, I was saying goodbye to somebody here. Okay. Um. Uh yeah, like that that's awesome. Um that but that's just a fascinating story and like and, and but like you can still do you feel like it is still like a source you said that there there are things that you talk you don't talk about, like do you think that it's something like say you're having a night in with your wife, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um do you feel like sort of like that's it's still like a topic that's a little touchy and avoided, like if she said, like, you know, you know, I just got to thank God for getting through the day, you're not going to really just be like, yeah, well, I think the Big Bang. Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> flying spaghetti monster. Um, it's, I, I mean, I try not to be a dick about it. You know, the, the fact that's is, I, I understand that, you know, part of the thing is this is how she's grown up. It's a big deal within her family, and it's kind of sure. who she is. Right. And I'm not going to shit all over that. I love who she is. Um, but, but I, I'm pretty outspoken about the fact that, you know, I think Joseph Smith was a fraud. I think the corporate church today is just a bunch of repressive controlling dickheads. You know, I I couch that in a little bit more polite language when I talk to her, but, um, you know, we, we don't, there's, there's a lot of historical evidence. I think the thing about the Mormon church is it's very much, here's a nice shiny thumbnail. Isn't this pretty? Yeah, well, what about the rest? Of the, no, no, don't worry about the rest of the arm. Just look at this thumbnail. It's so great. But I think that arm has really racist tattoos. On, just look at the thumbnail. It's all you really yeah. need to worry about. And, oh, uh, so, yeah. So there's a lot that, you know, most people don't know. And when you start looking into that, then you start, you know, going down that rabbit hole. And there's a lot of that that I haven't really shared with her because basically she's not ready for that. I see. Okay. For a while there, there was there was a period there for several months where I was kind of just a little resentful and pissed off and kind of had the don't even give a shit if it's true or not attitude. Right. And uh, when I finally had that talk with her and I says, look, you know, this isn't about me wanting to just drink beer and wear regular underwear. I mean, I have some real legitimate reasons here that I kind of need you to understand. You know, her response was. I get that, but I'm not ready, and I'm a little bit scared. You know, she that's a hard thing to have everything you believe, you know, destroyed. And it's a scary thing that, you know, I'll present my case, and she'll go, yeah, but I still want to be a member, and I still believe it, and I'm going to leave her. So we talk about and around stuff, and we're slowly working into things, and I think she's beginning to see some of the cracks but yeah but I, you're not, I'd rather, you're, not, you're not trying to break that down for her right you're not trying to convert her to atheism you're, you're i would much rather just you know be me and wait for her to join me than to try and drag her or push her out of what she believes but if if she doesn't do that like if she if she says like you know what like i still need to practice this faith you guys are gonna be you feel like you'd be okay right yep okay yeah like well, that's, I mean, that sounds like a good relationship, actually. That sounds really healthy. I mean, 
I can't like for instance uh I'll be I'll be real with you like if somebody I, like my significant other we're pretty much on the same page on on, on politically I can't imagine being with somebody who loves Sarah Palin or like loves this Jody Lobenberg who said the thing about rape kits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's just me. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I would deal with that. Like, without screaming at them, and probably them screaming at me for my views. Right. Because, because, like, yeah, like when you do look at the actual empirical evidence of Joseph Smith, he's like, he's like sort of like uh, L. Ron Hubbard's uh, predecessor. Just, just made shit up. To benefit, uh-huh. you know, and like these things of like multiple wives, it's like, okay, dude, you wanted to get your nut off with. You're not monogamous, and and instead of like, you know, there's such a there's such a shame, even to this day, there's such a shame in not being monogamous, and and you know, like oh, if you're polyamorous, that means you're a, a horrible person. Like if you're a woman who's a polyamorous, you're a whore, and if you're a man, you're a pig, and it's like, no, it's just what my preference is. And so this guy made up this whole religion to fuck a lot of women, right? Am, am, am I off? No. I. The The thing is, I think he pretty much, you know, as a kid, he grew up poor. His dad was kind of a farmer that wasn't making a lot of money. He's like, I got a good imagination, and I'm in a way with words, and I can tell good stories, and how do I make that work for me? I'm yeah. in the middle of this religious reformation. I've been doing treasure-seeking and looking at all these Indian burial mounds. Hey, wait a minute. I got an idea. I bet I can make some money, get some people to follow me around and do shit for me and probably get some ladies. And, you know, it, I don't I think it was, you know, he's a total narcissist who wanted, you know. Yeah, he wanted to bust a nut in everything that walked past him. And he also wanted, you know, money and people to do stuff for him and to not really have to do much hard work. Yeah. Well, and, and I think also- at some point he kind of bought into his own lies. And really began to believe what you know his own bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably like uh, it, it's sort of like and it, it's very similar to the L. Ron Hubbard story um, of I, I I can't remember like it, it's some sort of story where it's like he wanted to sort of like he had some sort of failed business or some sort of like thing he's trying to make money off of and they were like well you know you can get tax exempt status if you were religion and he was like all right I'll do that. Uh, it's it's something like random like that, like where it was like this greedy motivation that just blew up into something huge that affected generations of people. Did you ever see The Master, the Paul Thomas Anderson film? Hey there. Hello. Yes, sorry. Yes, I haven't seen that one yet. I had to yell at my daughter there for a second, so I had you muted. Oh, everything okay at home? Just oh. she needed to sh- shut the door and turn down the TV. Okay. Uh, so you guys have children. Okay, good. Um, and are you? Oh, well, that that complicates things. Um, just a smidgen. <laughs> just a smidgen. Um, what are um, what are some ways that you're navigating between these two different opposing viewpoints in your raising of your children? If you don't mind my asking. No problem. Um, my son just turned eighteen. Okay. Uh, just on the heels of the church's big revelation that now missionaries can go out at 18 instead of 19. Ooh. Right. Um, my wife and I were both really on the same page that either way, he's not really ready at 18 to go out on a mission. 
Right. I don't think spiritually or just maturity-wise that that's something he's ready for, you know. And so that's not an issue at this point. Um, you know, I talk pretty clear with my my daughter's going with me to this resignation thing. She's fourteen, and okay. um, you know, I think one of the things when I when I was basically just killing time in church, I used to sit around and look at all these people and think, man, they're so stupid and I'm so smart. Sure. And then I got out of the church and started reading and learning all kinds of stuff that, you know, they don't really encourage you to read and learning about logical fallacies and all this stuff and starting to think, man, I'm, I don't know a whole lot of shit. And so I look back at the way that my kids were raised and I really wish I had raised them more as how to think instead of what to think. Absolutely. That that's a great it's a great orientation. Not we don't we don't teach our children that enough in general. So that's that's the point now is just trying to, you know, introduce them to, you know, you know, what's a cognitive bias? What's, you know, why do you need to look at things in different ways? And you know, we we talked to both of the kids and I was very clear that, you know, you don't get to play the, well, I'm not going to church because dad doesn't like it. said, I spent several months reading a whole lot of stuff, and I have I can sit down and quote you 27 good reasons why I don't go. You can't just go because you're tired or you don't want to. If you yeah. are willing to put in the work and say, this is why I don't believe. And, and same thing with them. I never really pushed or, you know, like, here, let me tell you about Joseph Smith. Um... But as things come up, I'm pretty clear, you know, when a topic comes up, I will say, okay, well, here's what I know about that. And, you know, it's it's not like we're in some sort of tug of war over the kids. Oh, wow. But okay. you kind of have to, you know, pick your battles. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get really confrontational about anything, but there are some things that... You know, like one of the things that the church really stresses and is a big deal is modesty. Yeah. You know, you have, especially in young girls. And I have a 14 year old daughter who looks a lot older than 14. And, you know, I kind of am not real thrilled with her in, you know, spaghetti strap tank tops and, you know, dressing in ways that, you know, might be considered by 95% of the church to be very immodest. I understand where they're coming from, but I also understand that. She's a 14-year-old girl, and there's no reason she can't wear tank tops and show her shoulders and get some yeah. done. And then, you know, and yeah, you don't so, want to make her you don't want to make her feel ashamed of her body, which which yeah. is a big part of the problem with the church. So my wife and I have had, you know, we just recently had the big discussion. I'm like, so the whole tank top issue, you know, how do we how do we talk to our daughter about that right now? So we we just discuss things, and I think part of the Part of the thing is before my disaffection and coming out and everything, I think we, I mean, we've been married 21 years. Okay. So, and, and again, repeat how, when, when did you come out of, as an atheist or when did you discover you're an atheist? I'm sorry. Uh, President's Day of 2012 was when I told her, um, and that was about three or four months in the making when I, you know, kind of hit the wall. I see. Okay. But you, the the seed was like the the sort of stew was stewing already, right? Like you were kind of questioning yourself for a while, right? Um, I I always pretty much was. I never really believed the church. I, you know, kind of had my doubts. It was just like, 
it's easier to go and kill a couple hours on Sunday than it is to fight all day Sunday. So, um, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I, I went to church and read. I took novels and did crosswords. It wasn't, I mean, I really didn't give two shits about the church. I learned in the three months before I came out, you know, that whole period of, you know, the disaffection period, I learned more about the church than I did in the previous 19 years because I just didn't give a shit. And so, I mean, I couldn't have told you who the apostles were or known any of, you know, the what was going on other than, like, the president. And, uh, you know, now, boy, I got, man, historical facts, and I know which one's the homophobe and which one's probably closeted gay. And, you know, you learn all of this stuff. And, like, every six months the church does conference, which is the big all it's two days saturday and sunday it's a huge big deal they're like seven hours worth of the prophets and the apostles speaking to us and it's broadcast on tv all over around here so okay. um i never watched that i hated that stuff yeah we you know on the sundays we'd go out to the in-laws and have a big breakfast thing and sit around and i would you know turn the football game on mute because, you know, we had to be listening to conference, but at least I could watch the game or, right. you know, I never paid attention. And then, you know, the first conference after all of this, I sat down and I listened to all seven hours and I took notes and I went, I'm never doing this again. Holy shit, this is boring. <laughs> it's just right. as bad as I thought it was. But uh, it's just it's just such a controlling religion and and so very insular and very, I don't know. You know, they think they're it. Well, they yeah. all do, I guess. But you know. do you do you consider your wife a controlling person, or no? I think, and again, I think it just comes back to the way she was raised, and to a certain yeah. extent, the the church tends to keep members in sort of a extended infancy, almost. You're, you know, they talk down to you. It just mm-hmm. seems like you're. It, Extended adolescence is where you're at. You're never really allowed to, you know, right. grow up and think for yourself. And so, I've never, I've never heard that term. Like it's, it's so funny. Like how these churches, like they will have ideas about. I've never heard extended adolescence applied to organized religion because it, it makes sense. And I'm glad you said it because, because like it really is that. It's like they and they still teach you to like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and. Jesus would have wanted you to be a capitalist and like, and they impose these, these roles of like what a man is and what a woman is, but they do like keep you like you're, they don't let you develop psychologically. You're right, man. You, you shouldn't watch R rated movies. You need to wear yeah. the special underwear. You shouldn't listen to rock and roll music. You shouldn't read these books. The only books you should read come from the church bookstores. The only music you should listen to comes from LDS artists because that all that other stuff is of the world. Um, just went to my local ex-Mormon monthly uh, meetup thing, and one of the ladies there was talking about the movie um, Tangled, which is the uh, Rapunzel kind of Disney movie. I haven't seen it, but she was talking about how that's a very strong metaphor for the church because this mother keeps this girl locked up in a tower and tells her how dangerous the whole world is. Right. And then when you get out and see, well, it's not that big, terrible thing, that's what happens a lot with you know, people who come out of the LDS churches, they've been told for so long that the world is terrible and drinking beer will lead you right to the gates of hell. 
Right. And then they find out, well, you know, these people who go out and have a few beers, they don't, you know, rape or kill anybody, and they seem to be pretty nice, and they seem to be having fun. Yeah. So so back to your children, like, you know, or I guess they're teenagers, um, you know, like, so they are able to hear both your viewpoint and your wife's viewpoint, and it's not, and like you said, like, it's not a tug of war, like, they're actually able to hear you both. Mm-hmm. Am I right about that? Oh, that's, that's, yeah. That's really healthy, actually. I mean, like, I, I, I know who, I know whose side I'm on in this marriage, but like, um, that's really healthy, actually. I I was really surprised. We have so, like I say, there's there's a local group of us, and they get together. And uh, the very first one I went to, my wife came with me, and it was a little scary for both of us. And uh, a few months later, they had one that was uh, a big potluck at somebody's house. And they said, yeah, you can bring your kids and whatever. And my wife was the one who says, oh, yeah, I think the kids should go. I think they need to see that the people that dad's hanging out with are just normal, good people. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Which, again, I I think my wife is pretty spectacular as it comes in, you know, because yeah. I, I'm in a member of, you know, I'm several different Facebook ex-Mormon groups. Um, we actually started one. I'm, I'm in a group that's called uh, Former Mormons with Believing Spouses, which is... Exactly that. They're, these are people who have come out and they're still dealing with husbands and wives who are like, you know, freaking out because they drink or, you know, she had coffee ah! and how they right. deal with all of that and dealing with, you know, do we baptize our kids? What about, you know, all this kind of stuff. And because my wife didn't really have that support that I had with all of these Facebook groups and didn't have it with family or the local church. We actually started a group for her um, that was kind of the opposite. It's a group of believing spouses who have the apostate husbands and wives that, and I kind of helped her get that started and did some admin duties and stuff. And it was really interesting walking, you know, that line of being the apostate in this group and seeing the similarities you have, you have wives that love their husband who left the church, but they, you know, they're just, they're just so worried. And how's our marriage going to survive? And he's just, you know, such a jerk about the church. And then in the other group, you have this wife whose husband's such a believing member and he thinks that she's just gone straight to hell because she, you know, is living this immoral life. And how's their marriage going to survive if he's so judgmental? And yeah, but they both love the other spouse. They don't want their marriage to end. But this one thing, and it's all because of the way the church really triangulates relationships. It's very much you and your spouse and the church, and that's how a marriage is set up within the LDS paradigm. And it's toxic, right? So when. See. So when these happen, when these disaffections happen and people come out, I've seen way too many people in these groups that are, well, my wife left. She took the kids. It's over. Well, well, I can't do it. I'm leaving my husband because it just won't work. And the one thing that's common in all of these is the church. Right. So I well, hate this, that, too. <laughs> yeah, of course. Keeping it on topic. Okay. Well, uh, I, I tell you, man, this has been a fascinating conversation. Um, I, I need to end the show, unfortunately, because it's very late over where I it's am. It's a long one. Yep, I hear you. 
And so um, I, but thank you so much to someone else for calling in and please call in some other time. Um, we're usually on Monday nights at 1030 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, next week I will be out of town, so I'm not sure. I might do it remotely, but I'm not sure if I'm going to or not. And um, so if I'm not on next week, I will be on the week after. So if anybody listening wants to stay in touch with the show, click on that little uh, in the chat box that says a hate project. Just click on that blue, click on that link, and follow the show, and you'll get emails. You'll get, like, little reminders of when I'm doing the show again. All right? So, uh, someone else, sir, thank you so much for the call, man. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you, call sir. Call back Will do. Okay, Bye-bye. Have... Bye. All right, guys. Thank you so much for this – was a, this was a solid show tonight. I'm glad to be back, and I'm gladder that you're glad that I'm back, everyone. You know you are. Nelson Mandela, get well soon. All right, everybody. Show's over. Good night. Thank you for listening to Paradox of Civility. I am still Roy Koshy. Um, you can email me at paradoxofcivility at gmail.com. Any feedback, any comments, any questions, any suggestions, like if you have any suggestions of guests that I should talk to, because I am going to be running out of Hate Project episodes soon, and I'm going to be talking to some other guests. I have some people lined up that I'm very excited about. Um, so definitely I want to hear from you as well, your ideas. Uh, you can also follow this podcast on Twitter at Civil Podcast. And uh, we also have a Facebook page. You can find us there as well. And uh, as always, uh, please spread the word if you like this podcast. Or if you hate this podcast, uh, spread the word to people that you hate to make their lives more miserable. I don't know. I'm just trying to get some uh, listeners, man. Anyways, I will talk to you later. Goodbye.